Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio, a very special episode. Uh, number 1.2247. And I think it's two fours. Kata? And then there's an eight, and that's it. That's all I can do. I don't know if the eight is after the fours. One, two, two, four. Seven. 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 Then I think it's two fours, and then uh-huh. I got, and then I think there's an eight, and then I have nothing. Yeah. All of that's right. All of that's okay. dead on. <laughs> I did, like, I looked at it before. <laughs> yeah. Let's say before the intro, but like, and then looked away and tried to remember it. It ends uh, in seven, one, three, nine, and then ellipses. Ellipses is very ellipses. important. This would be a good, would have been a good, uh, like, actually just opening to the podcast, like a Jeopardy style. Everyone, like, write right, down right. as many <laughs> as you can <laughs> remember and then hold it up. Yeah. If you're doing a live stream, that would have been No, a, it's near 1.22 because that is what I wrote in my review a thousand times. <laughs> I still like near numbers, but <laughs> sure. Near, I know near numbers like, is good. I know that it's like the, it's like half of the square root of two or something like that, right? Or, or It's just the square root of 1.5, It's five, just right? five. Right, that's what, sorry. It's the square root of 1.5. It's not half of the square root of two. That's a different number. <laughs> I'm Austin Walker. Well, I, what, what, oh, I, just uh, as a, an aside, on to in, close, uh, close on this. Uh, when I wrote my uh, feature interviewing eight four about localizing uh, uh, Yoko games, which I'm now gonna, I'm going to try and break the taro habit and say yeah, just <laughs> Yoko, say Yoko games. Um, but uh, I, I wrote near replicant because for Western audiences, like that's like I don't need to put in the numbers as the shorthand. And like right, <laughs> Square right. PR, like very nice. He was like at the top. The first time you introduce it, could you just edit it to add in the, the 1.22 for, for like the branding yeah. purposes? And I was, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I will do it the first time. So I added it the first time and then left it as near. Because I guess I forgot that uh, it was called near replicant in Japan yes, in, on, in upon Japan. Uh, original yeah. release. So that yeah. is versus uh, ours, which was Gestalt. Just near. Uh, was uh, it, right. It was it was released here as near, but in uh, conceptually at least it was the Gestalt right, version. Right, right, right. I'm Austin Walker. Joining me today, Patrick Klepik. Hello, Ricardo Contreras. Yo. And as advertised, special guest, the best ever, the best to ever do it, Delacina. Thank you. Oh, for damn! Us. You really gassed me up. I, uh, <laughs> Listen, I know, I know how to show show a guest uh, uh, the the praise that they that they deserve. Um, you need that energy been, Monday morning. Austin's got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm only three <laughs> sips into coffee, so I'm also kind of gassing myself up. You know what I mean? It's one of those yeah. things where it's like, if I tell myself how important a guest is, then it means I have to do a good job. Otherwise, I'm going to fuck it up. So I'm working through a, the black scrawl that has like gone through our Are you household. all right? Are you? Yeah. Are y'all? Are y'all? How, I don't know. How separated know, from how separated are your souls from your bodies right now? Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah. Well, it was, you know, the black scrawl was introduced on a on a, thir- a, a quiet Thursday afternoon by my oldest, Jessica, with, with with a cough. And then, you know, everyone it's actually like the most normal I have felt. Uh, like, you know, it's not like going to get a, a meal at a restaurant or go to a bar, which I haven't done, but yeah. like, it's not those things. It's actually just, ah, 
the whole house got sick from a cold again. Like, that, yeah. ooh, just a, mm. like a warm blanket that I need to go under because I'm shivering from yeah. the chills. Uh, thank you, Infant, for, for bringing that life into the, the house and keeping us on our toes. Patrick, how can humans extend their lives? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, maybe you shouldn't do that. That's Is that my takeaway from the air? What is the destination uh, no, of souls? No, I think what you should do is say that you're going to the moon, but like maybe don't actually do it. But don't uh, do it. Don't worry about it. So because much. you couldn't. Yeah. God. All right. Um, we should get into talking about this. That's what all the to the moon talk is, right? Like, that's what like, people are talking like, about. Go to right. the moon. Is they're all just big near automata fans yeah. that want to talk about it. Fuck. Um. The the I just wanted to say briefly the joke I was going to do before that before you came up with the try to remember all the numbers bit uh-huh. was I was gonna pretend that we were at a returnal spoiler cast <laughs> because <laughs> I, I got to the I got to the fourth biome in that last night finally that's why I was ah. so late I was like I'm gonna do a run I'm going to do a real run and I did one and I got to the I got past the third boss and that was. It's it's nice to know I could commit to being a gamer and then like be a gamer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna my clear fucking, out all the areas. I'm gonna clear out all the areas. I'm gonna hit the cap on the weapon level Ooh. shit. Oh, which is what? For the first three biomes, it's fifteen. Yeah. Oh, so it's like good. Okay. Like, even just know I, when I hit that, I was like, okay, that's good to know. Get that good, good DPS to know that. Yeah. Well, I lost to the boss the first time, but I'd done the thing of like spending the ether to get a. A rest point or oh, whatever. Oh, the cyber demon. The, cy- uh, the cyber demon rest, rest yeah. like sarcophagus. Yeah, and then and then picked up a better weapon that was like higher DPS and just ripped ah. the boss in half. So, um, that's a very that's a very interesting boss. People should go like just watch the biome three boss video because it's different than the other ones. Anyway, that bit is done now. I did that bit. Uh, <laughs> I just stapled it on. We should talk about near, and I'm, I'm just curious now. Dia, you beat it uh, now probably, I guess, a month ago or something because of review timing, right? Yeah. It feels then, like it was just like a couple – like a week ago. Now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I beat it like two weeks ago. And then, Patrick, you just beat it Friday. I want to say Kato yes. is sacrificing <laughs> himself for us. How far in are you, Kato? I'm in Route B because my cat flooded my fucking bathroom this weekend. What? Wait. Wait. So I have a bidet – that has uh-huh. a turny knob that turns it on and off, like uh-huh. that's next to the toilet. So and you got sometime- a cat toy next to the toilet. Yeah, sometime in the, the night, sometime in the night, Friday night, she flipped it, and I woke up Saturday <laughs> oh, morning to that's a nightmare. A, a solid inch and a half of water in my bathtub Ooh. that extended out into my kitchen because they're right next to each other. And so spent the whole day doing that instead of playing <laughs> near, which is you what I had planned. You downstairs neighbors? I do. It was a thing. They were very nice about it. It was okay. okay. <laughs> but it was my entire day. Uh, and thus, <laughs> I'm only on Route B. <laughs> Well, gr- like- gr- grinding, grinding through the same content of uh, cleaning out your bathroom. <laughs> Not dissimilar to the experience of playing large chunks of, of Nier. If you had just gotten 10 yeah. titanium alloys, you could have fixed that problem <laughs> real quick. Like, you, know, you know what? I haven't touched a single weapon upgrade this whole game, and I was fine. You don't need, you you don't don't need, need to. I didn't do right? a single one. You'll be fine. Well, because, I mean, yeah. you're... That just, just pick I mean, up strong If weapons. you want the stories, but like the, the level, like you will just, you just power level upon like the repetition of the right. game to the point where all of this is true it's fine but also getting a weapon <clears throat> that has 999 damage where literally <laughs> bosses die in two hits Jesus. is 
extremely funny. Yeah, Austin and I had like different yeah. experiences where you like and like going through it's like, yeah, like it's a little annoying for some of the bosses, but I guess you know it only takes a couple of minutes. And and like his response was like a couple of minutes, don't you mean a couple of seconds? Yeah. When when one has <laughs> melded their consciousness to the um to the junk uh, heap. If I to the junk the, heap, uh, yes, then exactly. the bosses cease to cease to have meaning. Um, a couple of yeah, minutes? Like, you don't mean like ten minutes? No, By using no, just magic? God. I think I got all of the speedrun like um, boss fight achievements. Which oh, are yeah, all, like, nice. it, it's really funny because you look at those achievements, it's like, you know, beat, you know, Cleo in like a minute. And it's just like, initially you're like, what the fuck? And then you're it's like, like I mean, oh, first yeah, of all, okay. you're like, who the fuck is Cleo? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have names for any of these bosses. Yeah. And then you're like, that's impossible. Including, I, I think that I, we should say real quick, we're going to spoil the shit out of this game. We're probably going to spoil the hell out of Automata also. Yep. Uh, D, are you a Dragon Guard person? Do you it's have- been too long. Like okay. I've got like the the vestiges of it, but I don't. Eh, There's a no. chance some Dragon Guard, some third, you know, some some some, some third hand, some Dragon Guard three E ending, which is like the extent of Austin and I's like Dragon Guard. <laughs> I, even, I, even, I couldn't even drop that right now for you, Patrick. I know Dragon Guard one's E ending. I don't know Dragon Guard threes. I don't. I don't know enough to. Oh know. right, I, I, I guess okay. I guess it meant I guess it meant two right because two is the one that it, or is one or two no, is E one end, leads one and two, three yeah. are the Yoko games. Okay. Two is a third party. One is the one that ends with the dragon in Tokyo, gotcha, which gotcha, leads gotcha. to the white chlorinate. Uh, Nope. Is it chlorination? Is yeah, chlorination. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got, whew, okay. Getting it all right. One, two, two. Am I? Uh, <laughs> is there right. is a is the is there an ending with a giant baby, or am I imagining that? You are not imagining it. You are. <laughs> you're. You are. You have committed like a memory that is a visual memory that is not dissimilar from the actual thing but okay. like, i see how you got there there right. are i think okay so there is there is there's a, oh my god what am i looking at there are Did you find there's the another dragon guard is that what you're looking there at is, i think there might be a different ending fight from dragon guard that involves giant floating babies but what? that's not the tokyo fight okay okay that's a different ending it's yeah. a different ending <laughs> And then, and then the Attack Queen Beast is also shit. Wow. You know. <laughs> uh, right. Yes. That is, that is another one. Anyway, we're going to talk a lot about Nier uh, all the way through. So so prep for for spoilers in, in regard to that. The thing I was going to say was, um, you know, the Devil and Popola fight. Uh, I remember getting there on my my C ending or my B ending and being like, if I don't get it this time, there's no way I'm getting it when I go back for C and D for the speed run, uh, for, which is like two minutes or something like that. Two or three or four, somewhere in there. And I didn't get it. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm just never going to get this. And then whatever happened between those two runs, I got a weapon up high enough where I was like, oh, that was nothing. So <laughs> th- those weapon upgrades are not to be played with. I, I very much feel like find a weapon you think is cool looking and maybe upgrade that one uh, and then read the weapon stories online <laughs> because they're all right. on there. Yeah. Once I got the Phoenix Spear, it was like, I'm good. That, like, a, I, I, I use that I love the Phoenix a Spear lot. a lot. Because that's I the weapon. Like, I, I, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a thing of just, like, I want my weapons to look dope, um, which is frustrating because the best weapons in the game don't look dope. Uh, and and getting them up to, like, those high levels and, like, needing to ignore the 999 damage uh, and be like, I'm going to use the 800 damage instead. It's fucking fine, I swear. <laughs> it's still, like, a, you know, the gamer brain says, no, don't do that. Uh, you have to use the best one. But the efficiency... Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but the the um, the other thing there, I think that's that's, I guess maybe 
worth worth digging into is just like the different ways we all came at this game. So I definitely played it completely completionist uh, or damn near between doing all the side quests, getting the lunar tier, which we'll get to at a point, uh, and and uh, doing you know I did not do get every achievement. I'm not going to get every achievement at this point, but I did kind of do everything that I could reasonably do in a like, kind of a standard completionist playthrough i'm curious how y'all have like come to this stuff and and how much of it you left on the table i generally only do side quests in game if i can do them on the way or like as i'm doing the main quests and so i kind of stuck to that here except for the ones i looked up which ones i needed because i knew about the whole like you need all the weapons like like, that's the one thing that i looked up right to, um, to get the to get ending c and d you need to get all of the weapons in the game there's right, no diegetic so, reason for this you just need to do it that's just a thing that's just the- <laughs> something might happen <laughs> yep. um and so i completed those as much on the way as i could but then did have to backtrack a couple times for w- one in particular but otherwise i got which gave me some very a very interesting moment where with the um the married couple and their set of quests. Uh, red bag the couple? Red, red bag mm-hmm. couple, yeah. Who are new for this edition of the game. Oh, I interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting because they seem so central now that the yeah. Little Mermaid ship quest thing is like in the middle of this game. Um, I went back to watch a Let's Play of the original at some point and like s- seeing the way that game flows if you don't have that go back to seafront one more time to deal with that big boat and the little girl and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the speed from whatever the thing before that is. Is the, is the thing before that the well, it depends, wedding that breaks it? down? What, what is it? I guess so. So the order I did it in was uh, junkyard, wedding, seafront, back oh. to junkyard, then forest. Oh, yeah. Okay, I always do forests. I did junkyard, forest, seafront, wedding, seafront. I think. Anyway, the point is that, like without it, you get to Shadow Lord's Castle much quick, much more quickly because that right. new thing, the the mermaids, the Little Mermaid quest is kind of really slow because you have to like pace around that that boat for so long. Um, but yeah, it sounds like you did you did a fair share. of Dia, how about you? Um, I did. I did everything except uh, look up Kiny's skirt and uh-huh. um, the gardening because when I was playing for it through review, um, I wanted to do everything because I was sure. like, I might only I might only hit this once. Right. So and right. I got I know I like I was like I know generally how long this game is and how fast I can get through it. So like we're pretty cool. Um, and I didn't do the gardening because like for some reason my gardening was just screwed up and like never worked. Oh, weird. Um, like some of the plots wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to click on them at all. Oh, huh. so it was just like okay. I guess this is just some weird glitch in my game, and we're just not doing the lunar we'll tier. That's fine. Just deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if you're not able to use all of those plots, then you're it's not going to happen. You're, yeah, <laughs> totally. You're just it's just the the rates are so low that you can't trust that you'll actually get one in any reasonable amount of time. And then Patrick, I know you had to kind of rush through stuff, and you you had you gave me I mean, the I, side I did, quest. I didn't, guide. I didn't, I didn't. Uh, you know, I I played through routes A and B in the same way that I would have really played them, yeah. you know, casually on my own. And then, and those are the most like substantive like yeah. route changes are totally. are, are, are A and B. Like B there was a point you at which the, I was like, you could maybe watch C, D, and E and be okay to do. I, this so I so I could have, and right? I really did. I really did consider it. Um, yeah. but I. Like consider myself like now like a 
big fan of Yoko's work. And I think it was worthwhile despite like my exaggerated like response to the, like the grind of the content to experience like this rough draft of a form that, you know, uh, it still has its like rough edges in automata, but like, it's clearly like, wouldn't be surprised if like this became one of his signature sort of things going forward. And it's interesting to see like how this version of the game plays this. So I wanted to kind of sit with that and I didn't find a lot of it enjoyable, you know, to, to go through a lot of that, those sequences, uh, over and over again. Um, but I did find the experience memorable, um, because there, there is a specificity for why he's doing it. I just disagree that like it, you know, reinforces a theme to the degree that is necessary for the player. And then like strongly disagree with like, have like the lengths that you have to go to in the route E1, um, especially if you're doing them back to back to back. Like if this was a game you were revisiting, coming back to, you know, like it was like, oh, if you come back in three months, you can get this route, you know, I mean, like there are, are ways that, like I, I feel like route E is the one that has most I feel the strongest about I'm glad I did that stuff because it's so it's so distinct from B to C. See, so so for people who have not played this route A is is the the game you start as playing. I, I guess you should summarize this game as best as possible for people who've never played it at all and who who are just like still listening. because They want to hear us talk about it uh, in near you. You are playing uh, or near near. <laughs> replicant version numbers uh you are playing uh a, a boy uh who has a little sister who is sick with a with a disease called the black scrawl uh it makes her fatigued and tired and ill um and you're doing your best to try to find a, a cure for her while also making enough money to like you know, you're just doing chores for people around town, basically, that leads you into uh, a situation where you begin adventuring. You meet a, a, a ragtag group of characters, uh, including Kaine, who is a kind of social outcast uh, who you learn is kind of half shade, um, uh, which you read as like half demon, uh, if you don't know anything about the, the lore of this world, um, uh, who was who was mocked um, uh, as a child uh, for, for other reasons. Uh, you meet Emil, who is a boy who cannot when you first meet him at least uh look at anyone without petrifying them um uh, and so he's afraid of his own gaze uh, uh and then and then eventually be, is revealed to be slash combines with another character slash uh just changes into a, a the the character whose head you've seen Yoko Taro wear the kind of big spherical uh face with a big smile kind of uh, you know, chiseled onto it. Um, uh, who's kind of a floaty around super mage type? Yeah, or, uh, or if you played Automata, then it's you know it's the shop that you it's the shopkeeper, with. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then and then also Grimoire Grimoire Vice, who is a a, a very highfalutin uh, a magical book that allows you to cast spells and who is very prim and proper for most of the game, etc. Um, and, and the three of, or the four of you end up going on an adventure. You, you, uh, you go from town to town. You solve local problems, um, uh, by helping the king or the postmaster or the lady in the lighthouse or whatever. Um, you help people out of, this is, this is, I should add a note here. There's no one wrote in about this. The, like, the text adventure section of this game. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what is right? Text adventure shit? Here and then we'll get around to it. Um, and and eventually you end up uh, being confronted by someone called the Shadow Lord, who steals your sister away. Who seems to be a a dark version, maybe of yourself, who has his own book, Grimoire Noir. Uh, and and then there's a big time jump, 
after the time jump, there's a five year time jump. And during that, during that, by the way, you've lost, uh, uh, Kaine. Kaine like sacrifices herself to try to stop a monster. And does Emil get fucked up during that part too? No, and then you go back and afterwards. Yeah. That's okay, like the first the thing that jump. happens after the time yes. jump, basically. That's like one of the things that doesn't repeat, right? Because the way right. the game, right. like Route B, C, uh, B and C both come back after you've gone back and recruited Emil, where he turns into the, the new body form. Yeah. B, uh, B, Miss New Booty Emil. Yeah. <laughs> B picks up when you're on, on de-petrifying Kaine. De-petrifying Kaine, yeah. right? Yeah. And then and then you kind of do this time jump and you go from little boy near like you know young teen near to to like young adult near old teen near whatever <laughs> where he's like on his riding from Metal Gear Solid shit uh, he like <laughs> does a bunch of wild ass double handed sword shit immediately and is just like angry about shades which are the the kind of quote unquote monsters of the world um, and you go on to again look for for. Uh, a bunch of tchotchkes that are going to let you into, you know, MacGuffins that are going to let you into the Shadow Lord's castle to go rescue your sister. And uh, in the back half of the game, in, in, in the kind of second half of, of any of the routes, you go from place to place again. And guess what? Things go bad in both of the, <laughs> in those places. <laughs> um, people die. Weddings are ruined by death. Uh, you interfere in the natural ecological situation in places, uh, et cetera. Um, and you get more context for that in, in Route B, where uh, you can understand what the enemies are saying. Um, all of them are like, like, maudlin. Like, it's just, it's, there's like a, a real over the top tragic vibe for each of them um and and eventually you go confront the shadow lord you you beat the shadow lord uh you recover you you get back your sister uh and some more tragedy happens depending on which route you're on uh to, to some degree or other <laughs> um uh, and then you play it again right um and that is that is that is like the very basic gist of it uh through routes a and b and then in c there's a big final thing c and d is a big final thing in which kine um, is uh, uh, kind of losing control of of herself because of being part shade and and having lived for as long as she has with the shade in her and having been so violent, I want to say, and just like slowly losing herself to it. Um, and you have to make a decision about whether or not to let her uh, to let her kind of live in exchange for your life or to kill her like she requests so that she can have peace. Um, and then, and then now ending E, uh, attaches onto that in which it builds off of the one in which you sacrifice yourself and you get to play as her trying to recover you and her memories of you and the world as it was in some ways, um, before you were driven to rage, uh, by playing as her for a segment. So that's like the game. So that's the, that's my five minute summary of what is near. You'll note, I didn't talk about the black scrawl. I didn't talk about, uh, what a gestalt or a replicant was. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that stuff as we go forward, but I really think that this is a game about the relationships between these characters, um, and, and the genre represent, the genre relationships between this game and like horror games and RPGs and adventure games more than anything else. So I wanted to emphasize those elements also i didn't mention the thing that patrick just mentioned a lot which is there's a ton of fucking repetition in this game um no most notably and obviously and unavoidably is the repetition between routes routes a b and then c slash d you're just playing the back half of that game again in b and c and d um the adult near part um in route e you replay like the first how long did it take you to get through route e 
or, or to I get mean, to the you, kind you have, they to play, you have to play probably three to four hours of that like original. Uh, if you're like, especially if you're watching everything, right? Yeah, yeah. which I, which, I which I was not, but I guess if you, do, but uh, um, but yeah, you have to play a fair amount of the beginning before it it uh, you know, like splinters off to the point where <laughs> like where it splinters off in the airy. Um, you know, it's the second time it's you go. Second, yeah, <laughs> second so fight. I, I read, I was like, oh, it's going to split off of the area. And yeah. I was like, did I fuck something up? Because there is like a thing you have to do. Like, you know, right, you have right, to, right. you have to enter a different name when you start a new game. I was like, I did that. I was like, did I screw up? Did I like mix up the names in my head? Did I completely botch this whole thing? And I, I didn't. It's just that I had like this like horrible moment where I realized like I looked at like, you know, a walkthrough to remind myself. I was like, no, it's the second time you go to the, the area. That, like time. that's when it's going to, it's a lot, going to, to kick in. The boss but and all that. But, but, but going through that section was, was less, uh, I, I want to be less of a, a grind than like a route. C is the, is the real low point yes. of, of route the C game. Is you're, the, you're getting the, the least amount of, uh, extra stuff like route B, uh, you know, you're you're getting the alternate per, per, uh, alternative perspectives of the you know quote unquote enemies um in, in the game is like is great like that's like what when I think of near and I pull like one of its like many narrative tricks that it pulls pulls out like mm-hmm. that's the one that I like enjoy the most and it, it it's used to great effect here. The as monsters well, yeah. are actually people and they all have yeah. feelings and, and you should feel bad for killing them. Um uh, and 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 like in Automata, which in which it's revealed that nine S is the one who can hear what everyone is actually saying and see their names and recognize that they're like fucking people um uh, and then decides not to anyway multiple times um uh here you learn that Kaine can do that and and they they kind of tease it in re- even as far back as route A in which she's sometimes responding to stuff that's happening yeah um mm-hmm. that you can't understand but she's like responding as if she's in a conversation uh, because she is it turns out um yeah to, to that point about the repetition of monotony I, I i think that that route e the route e going back to the child near stuff is is the most interesting because you've spent so much time away from that period of the game and so there's so many little things that hit a little bit different things just like oh right remember when this field was mostly sheep and there were a couple of shades <laughs> here and there yeah. um uh because eventually that becomes just you know over overloaded with dozens and dozens of enemies uh and then and then just in general the like the difference in the atmosphere in town um redoing all that that starting stuff and having the context of like where it's all going i think is is really good but but whereas i do think route c is the one in which like i'm buttoning through all of the cutscenes at this point i'm not really engaged except for the new Little Mermaid stuff, which they put in Route C, so there is something new in Route C, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, I, 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 in terms of like that monotony, I think the Route C stuff doesn't work for me. Where it does work, and what we've talked about on the po- podcast before, is the like I, I, I'm willing to go here on the side quests. I'm willing to like brain off junk heap. What is the what is the mental mode this game is putting me in when it's asking me to rerun this same dungeon ten times <laughs> to the point now where I could probably draw this dungeon in my mind? Um, what is that affect that it's that it's slipping me into, and how is that distinct from the rest of what the game does, and what's it add to it? And for me, I really like thinking through that stuff, and I also just like playing the game to the degree that like after I was done, I kept wanting. I wish I'd saved some side quests to do. For the for a post game, but I didn't know there would be a post game in the way that there is after Route E, so I couldn't have done that. Um, uh, and in some ways, that's the beauty of Route E. Uh, but I'm curious, Dia, did, did any of the how did the repetition stuff hit for you, given how much of it there is? So it's really funny because um, for me, 
even even like you know with the original near because this is you know this all this repetition is mm-hmm. still present in gestalt um right. and in some ways for true near fans this is just rerunning near again with another you know filter over it being this is brother near instead of dad near right yeah like it's it's it was just kind of you know a lot of it was just like okay we are once again reinterpreting the same text through a different <laughs> lens that's not even really a different lens totally. um but like so for me the repetition always worked um and i never you know when it was boring i'm like yeah because this is supposed to be boring and like i think a lot of that is because um if you spend a lot of time in psychotherapy, you understand that repetition is everything. Um, and like, you know, this is you know, one of the influences for this is Evangelion. And so, and like, you know, just kind of the history of anime mm-hmm. at the time. Um, uh, we do a lot of, you know, the psychoanalytics and, you know, so there, there is this very obvious, like, okay, you were doing a lot, you were pulling a lot from like, poorly understood slash just like wikipedia level you know history of psychology and like psychological thought you are doing you are trying to do something with the repetition even if it doesn't actually work it still kind of works on just a very basic level for me so i'm just i'm just like okay yes we are we are continuously revisiting these the series of traumas Mm -hmm. you know and like as we progress through the game, we are constantly revisiting these traumas and not only these traumas, but like the inciting events for the trauma and gaining new clarity as we revisit them um, until finally we kind of get to this plateau where it's like, okay, what are we doing here? We are just kind of, you know, just grinding through this trauma and doing cleanup. And then finally at the very end, we do it like one last time with a completely different, you know, kind of context and outcome, right? Because and outcome. Exactly. One of the most fascinating things about this game is you play throughout. For me, I play throughout A. I'm like, okay, bad shit's happening. I play throughout <laughs> B. My expect my expectation is with a new perspective, maybe things will go differently because I will know that, for instance, Fira should just not stand there for a second and she won't get eaten by the wolves. <laughs> just don't be there for just one second. You'll be okay. Go inside. You have doors. Um, uh, but that's not this game. This game is is doing the thing of oh look, the reason. The wolves are mad is because they've been overhunted for for the last generation or whatever because the relationship between wilderness and and humanity has been has you know uh, fallen apart in the in the past couple of generations or whatever um and uh uh okay well then okay so trauma can't be avoided all the time knowledge isn't enough to protect you from trauma so i'm like okay well route c is definitely going to be different because it's the third route and now because i know what kine knows maybe now i'll know how to enter no absolutely not that wedding is going to go bad every time. That little girl is never going to. I mean, th- there is a slight change in the route C ending for her, but it ain't good. Like it isn't. It's it's more about again. It's actually going back to what Dia said about about a relationship to trauma. The the change that happens from route B to route C with the with the Little Mermaid quest is about how the characters relate to the trauma they experienced and this person in their lives who meant something to the the postman but also was maybe not uh a very complicated relationship let's say um and then also how kaine responds 
to that situation as a reflection of of how she feels about herself and her and her own situation. Um, uh, and so, like, I think that's one of the most fascinating things is I came into this game expecting concurrent playthroughs to be about changing things, fixing things. Um, the way that like playing something like um, uh, uh, what's the why am I blanking on the moon? Zelda, oh, Majora's Mask. Majora's, Majora's Mask. <laughs> Majora's Mask is about about is about learning what the the cycle is and intervening. You're, in the you're cycle. slowly building the the Earth right. timeline, like you're like exactly. you're, you're, you're putting it together over like. And that's know, just not this game until no. uh, 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 Route E, and even that isn't about going back and fixing things. It's about remembering how things broke and then trying to like build out a new world from there with the people you want in it. You know, so. Um, having not actually played through the extra ones, but I still had this understanding going into the end of A that there would be mm-hmm. repetition. I have like a note here about Devla and Papala's like uh role in that, yeah, as the kind mm-hmm. of metatextual like marker for kind of the rules that you have to abide by, like a like a pseudo Bioshocky thing, but really it's talking about the like human need to con like the like death drive basically the need to like mm-hmm. continue even if it's monotonous even if it's repetitive even if it feels like you're not going anywhere like the idea of like you're gonna go down this path because you want to keep living uh yeah or something like that like um does does well, do that's, any what, of that's the also like Kanye's kind of grandmother is like a big part of her her right. pitch to Kanye is like no you you need to live because you live until your dying breath. And then when, you know, when that's gone, then great. Then you can experience death. But until then, you need to stand up and keep walking. Totally. Which that- is a great which is a great case for Route C's ending, by the way, of her being like, I'm ready. It's okay. You could fucking kill me. I've lived a good life. I'm content with this. Uh, I, I think that that was a surprising thing was that, like, there was the foundational work done to make that not feel like the bad ending mm. if you didn't. Um, if, yeah, it's, if, it's acceptance as opposed to um, you know how the character is like presented. You know mm-hmm. when you when you first meet um, a kind of as someone who like you know just has a death wish and it's like oh thank yes. God like someone just <laughs> shove a dagger in me so I can <laughs> end this as, as opposed to that where yeah she 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 has accepted her fate because she's, she's walked yeah. as far as she can totally anyway Kata you had more to say there oh no that was that was minute. basically the question of like seeing their the their their kind of metatextual role as both the rules of the game and also this yeah. drive to continue and whether or not that played into the other, cause I hadn't seen the other endings yet. Um, I was curious. They about remain that. basically the same yeah. <laughs> throughout BC. Right. Which I, 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 I kind of assumed, right? yeah. assumed that, but like, was there any more insight into like how that plays out? I, which you just mentioned about Kanye's get- different ending. Right. I think, yeah, that's all kind of stuff. That there's not really stuff with Devil and Popola in terms of their position or relationship outside of the the text documents that they give you that you have to read in a very short window of, of time <laughs> because they get deleted the second you start your next route playthrough. D, am I forgetting anything, Patrick? Uh, there's no I don't more so, them, no. really, right? Like, I mean, really, really, like if you want, I mean, less you know, more with- understanding. Yeah, I meant less more with their characters specifically. I was just thinking gotcha. of their characters okay. as the like, yeah, go play near Automata, and then you can, the and, game and then you understand them. Yo, more. that's yeah. like when uh-huh. I when I started up this game, I was like, oh wait, what the fuck? Because yeah. I remember yeah. them from. And, but like, like I, I absolutely need to go back and play that game now. I'm gonna I'm gonna voice a a, a 
beef, not a real beef. This is yeah. a this is oh, a fake damn beef. Beef, <laughs> beef hours. Let's go. Uh, there is a, a <laughs> beef. There's a Chris Plant article over on Polygon.com. Oh damn! Here we go. <laughs> Should Let's you go. play near replicant or near automata first? Yes, that's the headline. Uh, and Plant goes over different. Like, oh, I just want to see what the fuss is about. Which game should I play first? I hate spoilers and I'm patient when it comes to older design and I have some time on my hands. That means you should play Near Replicant, etc. What One of the things that Chris says in this is – I can't call him Chris. He's plant in my mind. I have to call him <laughs> um, uh, uh I, I'm just going to read this. I just want to see what the fuss is about and I only have so much time. Then Plant says, you should start with Nier Automata. It's technically the sequel to Nier Replicant, but it builds upon the original game in every way. I think I agree with that. The combat is faster and more pleasurable. The story is easier to follow. Mm. That's the part where I'm like, what are you talking about? The story is easier <laughs> to follow. <laughs> Never in my life. I love Automata. I think I think Automata, I like Automata more than, than Replicant for reasons I'm sure we'll get into. Also, um, honestly, I kind of like that you can turn like 70% of this game into a, a, sh- a three-dimensional shmup. More uh-huh. so than near, I feel like uh, Automata. It's a different game. Yeah. It is. A, it is a much different game in, in feeling. Um, but the idea that the story uh, is easier to follow in Automata, if what you care about is, I don't. I don't. Things like Devil and Pupla showing up in that game were so strange for me at the time because I knew third hand that they were important characters from near but i didn't know who they were or what what their story was doing yeah. likewise for emil there's a version of emil's story that you learn in in automata but like you know you go to kindy's hut in automata uh, and 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 it's surrounded by lunar tears and like what are you supposed to make of that you know um i love what? automata i actually yeah you don't you don't remember that <laughs> no yeah. yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole thing it's the end of the emil side quest it's it's a uh. lot of stuff if i remember right about you have to find a lunar tear for for him and then he eventually gives you like a key to his special place and it's it's kaine's like little house uh. with the painting of the grandma like it's the whole uh. situation uh and it's surrounded by blooming lunar tears it's great Fuck. um and so yeah there's like i don't know how i stuff like devil and popola there where they are still sort of in penance for what they do here that what they take part of here is is like hard to understand i think in a way that it's not that i it's weird because that's the version of this i did do right i did right. play automata first i didn't know what their deal was i didn't know what emil's deal was i didn't really know what the black scrawl was or whatever but i still think this game's story is is and i really like that game despite that stuff that said, I think this game's story is so much more straightforward and so yeah. much more um, uh, uh, easy to wrap your head around, even if slash because it doesn't obsess over what the androids Devola and Popola are and what their relation is to the Gestalt project and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we'll get a question about all, all that stuff eventually, too. Uh, before I move on, I do want to ask Dia. Um, as the person that we were talking about replaying this game uh, uh, ten years later or whatever, how how does the switch from dad near to bro near feel? <laughs> so so a big thing about like kind of especially like with like Route A or like so yeah like with the first with the first part of the game uh, I should say not Route A but yeah you only play the first uh, part in Route A like yeah uh, near <laughs> um, when you were young near young 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 near 
Young, um, young Nier, yes. Mm. Young Nier, my new, you know, Yoko's spinoff, you Yoko, know, young yeah. adult uh, like, series. You know what? Give it to me, young honestly. Nier, like, give me a six-part Young Nier. My favorite Scott Pilgrim back, back <laughs> character, Young Nier. <laughs> Would he be, he'd be into Nier, wouldn't he? He'd be such a fucker about oh, it. Oh, he'd be huge, <laughs> annoying. Wouldn't understand. Oh, I don't God. understand any of it, but I think it's really cool. Anyway. <laughs> you gotta so, play it again. Yeah. Like. This is weird as fuck. <laughs> Sorry, 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 Dia, continue. <laughs> Please, Dia, make a good point. So that we Please can save, save, us from, save us from my side. So, so a big thing about the first part of the game is it is, a, it is, it is an ultimately, it's a narrative about um, being a caretaker. Mm-hmm. And like that really hit a lot more for me now because, um, I mean, there's a couple of things. Like one, like now I know what it's like, um, you know, to play this game as you know, a sibling rather than a parent because I, not a parent. So like I could, you know, I understood, you know, the themes of the game and I could experience it, but like it did not hit the same way as like, oh, you know, my sister was chronically ill as a child. Mm. And like, you know, I was, you know, the big brother. So I had to take care of my sister all the time with my Mm -hmm. mom and like she had to work. So like, I definitely understood that that was kind of like touched into that, but also like having to be a long-term caretaker for my grandmother when she had Alzheimer's, like I completely understood what, you know, like the near character kind of really is like dealing, grappling with and the, the selfishness in the selflessness. Yes. Um, which was so like, you know, I, I don't really think Nier is that special. I don't think that Yoko Taro is all that special as a writer, but that shit fucking hits when it hits. Here um, you're talking about, I'm I'm guessing or I'm extrapolating, the ways in which the mission that Nier has given himself is often used as a sort of badge for his own, like, the the ways the the moment that some there's a point at which altruism ends mm-hmm. and it switches into being something um, self righteous in, in points. And I think this is especially true in the back half of the game when she's uh-huh. when she's missing um, because at that point there is all of the emotion without the object that's associated. Not that well, there's nothing is an to object, live for. Right? Like he's, but he he suddenly has to invent his own he's, motivation. He's inventing it right at that point, and 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 not reckoning with the idea that perhaps she's just gone. Um. Uh. But in the first half, I think that yeah, there's this slippage sometimes. Um. Between, I am a no. But between, I'm a noble caretaker, and I'm a noble caretaker. You yes. know. Um. Is that and that feels true to life to you? <laughs> yeah, like no, like I was just playing through it and it's just like, well, fuck, this hits. Like especially like when it's just like the, the the concept of like I know what's best for you, and then like you get the the diary entry, you get Yona's diary entries throughout, and she's just like, I just want to try and have a normal day. I just right. want to go, you know, to the library. You know, and like those are the ways in which he refuses to be a good caretaker. He is interested in. I'm going to go kill a bunch of things so I can cure you instead of I'm going to walk with you to the library. Yeah. I'm going just to just appreciate the time that we have as opposed to like obsessing over the time that could be. You would just cut the difference a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Think about what she's sleeping not- all day. Mm. You I- got plenty of time to go fight monsters. Just <laughs> right. hold her hand. Just hold and, her hand for a little while. Read the her shitty story. food she makes. Eat the and, fucking like, bad food. 
There's a, the, the town is around the corner. You're doing all sorts of help for them. They'll give you some soup while she's sleeping. Like, mm-hmm. just eat it, you fucker. Well, it's so funny game. because that also that also speaks to the frustration of being a caretaker because it is frustrating. Like, yeah. Sure, sure. And so, like when it's like you know, Yono like wants to make near a meal and he can't not be like a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like he can't hold it, it in, and it's just like okay, yeah, because you've been doing this a long time, and you you no longer you 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 were you failed at properly processing all of these <sighs> feelings you were having and all of the you know the shit you have both. <laughs> You know, had put on you, but also that you have taken on yourself. A lot of this is. We're going to finish. You've taken this on yourself and no one has asked you to. Right. Mm. You, this is a self-appointed thing. So this is part of why I really end up coming around and thinking I like Automata more is because or not. one of the things I like about Automata, I guess I'll say, is that it feels like it has decided not to let this critique that we're saying be in the background and instead foreground this critique uh, and wrap it up in 9S, who is, who has a victim complex, who has positioned himself as, as, as a hero in Devenger, um, who is, uh, uh, who uses that to justify, um, and cover up, uh, uh, a unhealthy relationships, um, and desire, not, not unhealthy desires, but desires that he does not have a healthy relationship with. Um, and I think that that stuff really feels like an extension of Nier's own relationships uh, in this game. And I also, the thing I wanted to go back and say is to talk about the thing of like, you never spend time with Yona outside of the little side, side scrolly in your house. Talk to her bit. It's like, this is a game that has a system for where characters can follow you. Um, you get Kaine and, and Emil and, and Grimoire Vice in this version, like flying around with you all the time. Uh, they, Never give you a side quest where you go walk around town with her. You never get a side quest where you go fishing with her, with Yona. You never get any that, – that, that technology is not is explicitly not deployed to that end. There are no side quests where you go pick flowers with her. Um, she is a quest marker that you go back to and deal with the same way you do the, the, you know, grocer who needs something or the dude who wants to build a really good knife out of titan, titanium alloy, which by the way is the same amount of alloy you need to upgrade like the best weapons in the game. So what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Why do you need a knife, knife that good? God damn it. Um, and so that's not, and then the other half of this that I, that I cannot fucking shake is, um, and we're going to really spoil ending e-, e here, but at the end of ending E, you get your save file restored from the end of uh, the game, your final ending D save before you go into the Shadow Lord's Castle, uh, whatever the, the most recent save is there, it gets restored. Um, and it's so fascinating to me that Yona is not visible in the ending E uh, like final sequence. She is not part of your party. It is not... Uh, it is not like Kaine, uh, it's Kaine, Emil, and Grimoire Vice like m- meet back up and are together again. And then they pull Nier out of, out of memory itself, out of the machine flower tower. They do um, a Kingdom Hearts. Uh, they do, they 100% <laughs> do a Kingdom Hearts, kind of, kind of. There's a bit where, Ka- where when Nier slips from Kaine's memories, it's like she's reaching down and his body turns ah. into like digital <laughs> uh-huh. pixels. It's dead ass oh, a Kingdom Hearts, you know. Birth by sleep, 100%. or uh, what's the what's the memories one? Whatever the digital memories uh, hacking dream, one is, uh, 
Dream Drop Distance? No, no, it's not no. That one. Uh, recoded, I think. Coded, yeah. Recoded it. I was like, this is recoded for sure. <laughs> um, uh, this is, you know, uh, Digisora or whatever is happening yeah. on screen right now. But Yona is not there. Yona is not part of the final sequence there. And the moment that it restores you to the big triumphant return, which was a triumphant return for me for gardening reasons, um, uh, <laughs> is... Without Yona, it brings you, it doesn't bring you back to a point where Yona is there. It brings you to a point when Yona is missing, which is like, there is, again, not to get into the psychoanalysis of this all, but what's more important is your relationship with these new people than the presence of Yona, the object that you have built your, your, the character has built his life towards. Um, and I think that that's, again, they could have done a different thing there. They so, could have made different decisions there and they didn't. And that's, that says something. That's actually a question I have because I haven't seen those other endings. Does her mm-hmm. situation ever change at all? Because, like, I've, so far you've mentioned that there's something slightly different with Kaine in one of the endings. No, I yeah. don't think. Um, but like, no, like, there's never one where she's, like, be able to co-inhabit the body with right. the other or self or something, something like that, else, right? Yeah. Um, or like that, splits off and becomes that an android. That always happens like the of, same way each time, no matter the, Only what. the difference is in ending E, in Route E, you get updates that she is back living in town and doesn't remember. No one remembers near in that ending, huh. in that route. Like, this is why I'm saying it's also Kingdom Hearts. Right, is right. when she slips, when he slips from Kaine's memory. I literally, at the end, the world's memory. at the end of, uh, of my A route, I was typing like, Wow, you're a, Yona, you're a, Yona, Yona's looking real nominee right about now. Like, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> damn, bitch, you looking real nominee right now. Um, the highest compliment that can highest, be given. That's it, exactly. Oh, God. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, it's weird to me that Yona is, it's not weird to me, it's telling to me. And I think it's something that I wish the game grappled with more actively. Mm. Um, or maybe I don't wish it because I'm happy to have this conversation. Well, cause about it's all, it. it's also a game in which, uh, like you don't, you don't solve anything. Like right. there's no, like the, the world is still, you know, destined to ruin the black squall. The, you know, the shades are going to kill everyone. Like that is the story of this world. It's just that you, the, the ending of this game near E, you know, the sort of like canonical, like end, end is, well, accept the family you have and make the time, you know, that you've got the, the best of it. And like, that's, that's all that you can really do till you can't put another step forward. And it's not about like, you don't end anything. Like everyone's still fucking screwed, including, including, the, you know, the fate of your family, you know, insofar as, you know, whenever the shades will, mm-hmm. you know, descend upon. In you. fact, my understanding is ending E helps to doom the world in many ways because it destroys one of the potential recovery mechanisms in exchange for getting near back, right? Yeah, that seems bad. That doesn't seem like a good, like, sorry, Nier. Um, I don't know that you coming to terms with your own fucking, like, uh, like <laughs> complex was worth dooming all the people in the town. As <laughs> shitty as their town, side quests were, I don't, need, I don't need to fix the fountain. I don't. Like, you know what? Find someone else. <laughs> It's very good. Well, like, it's one um, of those things that's like, you know, this kind of goes back to the repetition of the game is that ultimately, you know, there is a reading of this where Nier is all in the past. You know, like this is right. a, we talk about text in the active sense, but like, ultimately, like, this is a received bit of history that we are playing through. And, you know, mm. you know, we're going to get psychoanalytic here for that because like this plays into repetition compulsion, which is a phenomenon in which a person repeats events over and over and over again, attempting mm-hmm. to master the trauma. And in a sense, we can we could argue that like maybe Yona's gone. 
Right. And this is all just near just working through his shit about I was a caretaker and that was my identity. And then I fucked up or not, you know, I, you know, Neil yeah. near feels he fucked up. Yona died anyway. And now he has to, you know, understand and come to grips with an identity that is not that of a caretaker anymore. The one that is a brother who has lost his sister. Um, and this is part of why I think it's so fascinating that the state of the world at the final moment of this game, post ending E, is an extension of the period of loss in which you get to just be in the world with your current crew of friends. Because one reading of that is about having worked through that trauma, accepted Yona's loss. You'll never go try to save her again, right? Because there's nothing – you recognize there's no way that that goes different. Um, and instead, you get to be like me and work on your garden and fishing. Yeah. Is that, is that, is, does the game like end there? Like, I feel like the game is far more interested in resolving uh, Kanye's relationship with her trauma than it is I think actually you're right. in yeah. Nears. Like, Nears yeah. is ended. Yeah. You can interpret it. You can, you can take that ending to mean, ah, that is what would happen after the scene continues. But I feel like you can't actually, mm-hmm. I don't think like there, it's, it doesn't put a, a bow on it in the way that would like Kanye, like, you know, she you keeps saying Kanye. Kanye. I know, it's I know, killing I know, me. I know. It's just Kanye. Kanye. Uh, but it, I, I, the game is like far more interested in actually putting a bow on, on her relationship with, with her trauma. With her trauma. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 I think that stuff works so well. I mean, I think, again, I've said this before. I said, like, I can't imagine having waited 10 years for this. And even if you'd read The Lost World, which I think is the name of the story that that Route E is, like, from, um, uh, which is a very short story that you can just find on the internet, um, uh, the ways in which that game won or that ending, that route shows kind of living a day-to-day life um seemingly in acceptance of who she is without needing to um without without at the same time having been like sublimated into living in the village and just like living a quote unquote normative life right she still lives out in the fucking in her place she still is the person she is um she has not like been consumed by someone else's identity in some ways uh uh and then and then you're right but insisting on a thing she wants is such a powerful moment for her um uh and that whole ending sequence where you know Emil comes back Grimoire Vice comes back that stuff I popped so fucking hard when they showed up uh and I genuinely think that that stuff it is it is extremely like big anime hours, but I was all the way here for it because this is a game that I think builds the foundation for wanting to root for Kaine in an unabashed way, even though you know that she is the character who most understands that the things that everyone is doing is kind of fucked up because these are people they're fighting. It's it's working it's seeing her work through not only her relationship to her own self-hatred. Um, but also specifically learning to accept the emotional bonds she's been forming that just is incredibly moving to me. So we do also, take a break and do questions. Let me let me do my garden update, okay. and then and then <laughs> okay. I'll move, move, okay. move to All right. uh, Yeah, it's garden update first. Most important thing here. So last time I checked in. I had told you I couldn't even talk about it without spoiling. What oh happened right, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, okay. Now I'm on board again. Let's go. So. I had that quest yep. to get 10 pink seeds. To get the seeds, you have to crossbreed flowers. Yep. I had one pink flower, I want to say, blooming. 
And I was like, I'm just going to go run route C. I just want to see it. I just want to see one route and then I'll come back to the garden. I go through route C. I'm like, damn, I kind of just want to see route D. I kind of, you know what? I'm gonna just, I'm, I'm gonna save this in a different slot. That way, you can delete the, bet, oh, the other save. Oh no, 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 no! I may run through Route D. Oh, and no. so I run through Route D. And at the end of Route D, the thing that happens is Kaine is dying, and then very paternalistically, Nier is like, "No, it's not allowed. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to sack. I am the noble caretaker. <laughs> I will give my life for others, and that's how I will be remembered." And then it was like, "Fuck you! Actually, no one's going to remember you." Um, and, uh, you give your life for Kaine and the thing that it says over and over again is we're going to delete your saves. Are you good with this? And at that point, I couldn't say no because I'd already committed. I'd, I'd already been there. And I was like, I guess I'm never going to fucking get that, that trophy. I'm never going to get all the flowers. I'm never going to finish the side quest. I'm never going to, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead and, um, delete my saves. Delete my saves. Da, 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 da. And I fucking felt that because it meant my garden was not complete. I mean, I didn't get that final quest. It meant I didn't ever get a lunar tier. Uh, more than deleting the words in the book. Do you know what I mean? I don't care what that word system. That word system never really works in this game. Um, deleting my weapons, whatever. You know, like, I'm done. It's fine. Um, so all that stuff got deleted. Then, after finishing ending E, where it brings that save back, you have no idea. You know what? It was cool when Emil came back. But when my <laughs> garden came back and my pink flowers were there so I could go pick them up and turn them in and then immediately keep planting. Because, like, basically after I got ending E, for the next week, I continued playing to get the Lunar Tier. I continued right. checking in every few hours to go in and plant more flowers and oh, manage my tremendous. garden. That's the. This is partly, Patrick, why I'm so focused on the near route F. Route F, route L, farming. Route L, lunar, yeah, route lunar farm, yeah. route L, lunar tier. Um, that is the, and, and again, I think this is probably part, partly why my read on the Route E stuff shifts towards being about Nier and not as much about Kaine is because I did then immediately play a new route where all I did was fish and farm um, and, and got to just like be in that world running around with these characters, wishing I'd saved some other side quests so I could hear more dialogue in some ways, right? Um, so that was my farming update. That's why I couldn't, I couldn't explain. Now it makes sense. I like, I, well, like, how, well, how possibly could it because be? Because I can't, I, I can't even just say the part about the right. save deletes. I have to talk right. about the the big thing, which is it restores a save at the end. It inverts the inver the subversion of deleting your save at the end. Which of the never game. happens in Automata, right? That's it's just gone. Poof. Yeah, no, it's just, gone. just it's, it's just gone. gone. Yeah. It's one hundred percent gone. Yeah, and in fact, it's gone I, to better effect. I think because in, in Automata, it goes away in exchange for the promise that yeah, it's a gift. Playing right, it's a gift. It's a gift to to. It's a seed in some ways to extend the uh, farming metaphor. <clears throat> um, here to is the my, possibility my lunar of, tear that I will shed as yes. my my forty hours of the time is <laughs> of time. It's gone. Get rid of it. Uh, so that's my that's my garden update. Uh, we should we should take a break and come back and answer some Q and A questions. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back and we're going to turn to some questions. People sent them in. Um, if you have questions for future non-near casts, you can send them to gaming at vice.com. No, our, our never-ending, we'll, we'll have a route our, B, another a follow-up <laughs> near cast with just more near questions. It's the same, except we also it also comes with a text file of various <laughs> thoughts we had while other people were talking uh, to provide extra context. Ruby writes in and says, hey, all. This one's for the inevitable near replicant spoiler cast, so unmarked spoilers, etc. I started thinking after Austin's comment today, April 27th pod, about how near is it about monstrousness and how that's constructed. The main party are all considered monsters in their own ways, and the shades, or should I say gestalts, are set up as monsters by the game's fiction and mechanics until the ending A twist reveals them as the real humans. My major takeaway from playing near in 2021, I played the original in high school circa 2013 or 2014, is that the game is about finality and palliative care for humanity's place in a dead or dying world. Climate change already raised the oceans enough that Seafront used to be a landlocked city, and the planet is already tidally locked, so there's only endless day, which is a thing that I think we did not talk about, but is fucking wild. I, it's one of my favorite little story beats in oh, this world. I didn't it's even... Never, there's yeah. like three lines of dialogue, very nonchalant, the way that people would talk about it, that's what they what their lives were. Right. They just kind of live in the twilight band of the earth where it's like always early morning forever. Which that um, was a hundred percent. They couldn't just like, they didn't have time or budget they, for day night cycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, Almost certainly. But like well, every, that, everything, every, all the games at the time were like totally like, Oh, we got a day night cycle. And this game was just like, no, fuck it. We don't. But that's actually kind of like, you know, it, it, I mean, I, cause I think that that is actually like, you know, I mean, and Yoko has spoken to this, like, to the, like, so many decisions were informed mm-hmm. by the fact that this game had just a really restrained budget. Um, and even, you know, Automata, but, you know, by all amounts was not exactly, you know, a, a blank check neither. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but there, I think, I think it is worth, that, that helps explain and contextualize a lot of, like, decisions that, like, go into what ends up in a game like Nier is, like, like remember, like, it, 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 re- it really sounds like that, like, the, the way the producer um, uh, Saito talks about he's like he's like the number cruncher, just constantly stressing out, like trying to make <laughs> the math work. Um, like like especially when you know, like it was proposed by like the, the the Western side when Square was you know bringing this over that like they should like change like the make you know like he's like ah, I found a way to work, I made it work, I made it work. Yeah, we could do it. Fine, 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 fine. God. And it just sounds like sounds like such a stressful job, but they were. Like those two who have worked together for you know a long time now, they're also like much more open about mm-hmm. like their process than I think a lot of other, especially Japanese uh, creators. And it's just interesting where they are frequently talking about the budget and the money as explanations for the creative process, which is just not usually how like it's framed in, in games or, or you other. A lot, right? Yeah, yeah. they bullshit I, you a lot. I would rather this. I would rather this thing of like, hey, if there's a mechanical restraint or a money restraint incorporate that into your narrative like play with it that. makes the world a thousand times cooler that i didn't pick up on this little bit but like i appreciate it all the more as a yes. result why because why guy, not who cares can like, i tell you the like, thing that like, actually fucked me up in a way that made me almost dizzy sometimes and i swear i'll get back to your question ruby of apologies <laughs> is i noticed about three hours in that the skybox doesn't change. The skybox doesn't move. Uh-huh. It can change, but the clouds don't move. Mm. Um, and when that happened, I like would feel claustrophobic 
in that game. Like, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you pointed this out when I'm never booting this game up again. Yeah, so dude, I, cause that would just <laughs> ruin it's, me. It's so strange because you would, again, you would think with the remake, they would have been like, let's just move, just make it spin up there. <laughs> just just do we're spending to millions it. to like, you know, buff this combat. Like maybe yeah. someone could give, give an afternoon programmer to Can work we get on some this of those combat. No Man's Sky clouds in here. What's going on? Like, <laughs> let's get anything that moves. No, it's all 100. It's just a, it's like a matte painting up there in every, in everywhere you go, everywhere you go. And, and again, there can be different ones that load in. There can be overcast days or clear days or whatever, but there's not. It just no movement and it it fucked up. Hey. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, let me finish Ruby's uh, question here. Um, you top this all off by killing the only Gestalt that can't succumb to the Black Scrawl, dooming the remaining Wait, Gestalts and their replicants uh, eventually uh, to eventually die and confirming that humans will go extinct, which leads nicely into Automata. Uh, do you want do you want some clarification on that? Yeah, I just Kato? missed the who can't succumb to the Black Scrawl. So. <laughs> The Shadow Lord. Yeah. See if I can get this right. The Shadow Lord who, is... To be clear, that's who you play when you open the game, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, and the situation with the Shadow Lord is that he is the first person who um, does not turn into, lose his humanity via Project Gestalt, right? Mm. That his soul has been separated from his body... And yet he maintains his selfhood and he is the anchor around which, and I'm being metaphorical here because it's hard to get into the particulars. Um, uh, he is the kind of anchor that, that, uh, keeps the, the rest of the kind of kingdom of shades stable. Um, and without him, the entire Gestalt replicant reconnection cannot happen. Mm. He is sort of like not just the blueprint of how it's going to work. But also the a sort of catalyst for it potentially for Yona, for instance, being re- reconnected to her own body, right? right? Um, or again, her own body ends up being it's not it's not her body. That's sort of one of the lessons of of this game, right? It's it's actually our Yona's body. It's not the original Yona's soul body or whatever. Right. Um, uh, anyway, so the thing the thing there is, I don't know that the black. I don't know if that's how I understand the Black Scrawl. I, I want to say that they're that the shades becoming That's um, relapse. Relapse. That's the it's the thing, so, the, so the gest- thing that Gestalt's relapse. Correct. And so that's replicants the thing that not, get the black scrawl. Correct. So so right. That's it's not uh not to overcorrect Ruby, yeah. but the thing that, that he can't succumb to is relapse, right? Okay. Um Anyway, this brings me to my question, which is out of the many, many strong themes Nier is working with, which did you all find the most compelling? Thanks for the great podcasts. Ruby. I have an answer for this, but I'd love someone else to be able to speak on this podcast because I feel like I speak. <laughs> well, I, I would be curious, uh, D, you know, Dia, you've played this game twice. So and maybe maybe you played Nier multiple times. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The that, you know but, but like, what's the one that I, I guess for you, like, what's the one that endures? Like, what's what, when you when someone asks you, like, well, what, do you, what do you like about Nier? Like, what is the the bit that first comes to mind? Having spent, you know, twice, three times as many hours as as Austin and uh, I, have you know, it's really funny because like um, it really is one of those things where I will kind of like get on a groove and focus on one every time I play it. And even mm-hmm. like for the different playthroughs, like. You know, like, uh, like the last time I played it, it's 
the only reason you didn't get, you know, a review that centered around that was because I was just like emotionally burnt out. It didn't feel like having to brush up on gestaltism, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like this time, like the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, I was like, oh shit, yeah, like I see what's going on here. Like just like viewing it through a gestalt psychology lens and just being like, oh, okay, yes, I see, like, you know, like what's what things are happening here that relate to closure and symmetry and mm-hmm. continuity and past experience and all these things. Um, and like, you know, but like, I think for me, that's kind of why I like, I love the year as a text so much is that there isn't just one theme that really sticks out. It is something that I can pick up and go through and just be like, even just picking it up for like a couple hours and putting it down again, like not even finishing route a Mm -hmm. and just going, yeah, like I got something out of that again. Um, and like, I think, you know, also like, I guess this time the big theme that really came close to me was the, you know, um, the sense of caretaking and that kind of whole arc of the caretaker identity mm-hmm. um, really came through the most. I think, for, I think for me, the you know, a lot of the characters are dealing with trying to like accepting what is their sort of like a lot in life. Like what, what, what mm-hmm. are you here to do? What are like the boundary walls that are around you and which ones can you push on um, and which ones can't you push on, which ones are just sort of like there. And like, I consider myself to be like, I'm like a very pragmatic person. I like spend a lot of time figuring out like what are the walls around me and what are the ones that I can push on to make me happier. And what are the ones that like, that just is what it is. Like I, I just have to accept that that is like, so, like an immovable object. And mm-hmm. I struggle with that because it's at the same time that can like lead to a certain amount of like complacency and it can lead to a certain amount of like just accepting things for what they are when they could be different. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I resonated a lot in, in this game where like all, you know, uh, you know, especially like a character, like a meal, like as, as you change over life and like how, how you come to terms with what you are and like, what, what, what does that even mean? What does it mean to what you are? And like that, that, that is a huge, like overarching theme of, um, I mean the series in general, like in humanity, robotics and yada, yada, yada. Like there's a lot of, of that in, um, a lot of Yoko's work that he's doing in, in these games. And I definitely found that to be the one that, I, I I struck with the most, especially because like I'm in this situation where I, I'm glad that the this version is the original vision at the same time. Like, you know, Dia, you're talking about, you know, like uh, <laughs> like resonating more when it's the sibling. It's like, why well, no. resonate more when it's the like when it's the like the father oh, that like, was, like, taking the care of a, of a daughter? Because when we were talking about it, you were talking about planet. I'm just like, no, you're doing the wrong one, Patrick. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just it's just interesting because, you know, when you when you were speaking earlier about sort of, you know, like the identity of the caretaker, I, you know, and that is certainly true, like as a father. And I think something that parents struggle with a lot is you have to do so much invisible work for a child that you can't explain to them that you're doing. And then they and, tell you, Daddy, I hate you. Well, right. Well, right. <laughs> and, well, and also, I think parents get a complex, and I work really hard to not have this or, or to push against it, is I think it's very easy for parents then to feel – well, they need to start explaining to their children, like, well, the shit I did for you, motherfucker, like, you better appreciate it. Which is like, no, you should, like, you know, in a lot of cases, you chose to have children. You chose to have this burden. And, like, it's not your responsibility to then push that burden onto your children so they can appreciate it. Uh-huh. They didn't ask to come into this world. You brought them here, you asshole. So appreciate the situation. And so I, you know, I, 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 I can, that is something that I think about a lot as a, as a parent is like, yes, like, there's a lot of invisible work I do for my children. They don't need to. 
like <laughs> wear that burden with me. That is that is the one that I chose for for myself. So um, that's an interesting like little bit that I, I like a thema- thematic framing that I lose just for my own personal <laughs> experience that I bring to it. But yeah, you know, wrapping it around the, the one about like finding your place, accepting it, but then finding ways to like move the boulder, I think, is the, the one that I that, that I resonated with the, the most in the game. The thing that I think I I kept messaging you about, Patrick, was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this game doing with the history of games and especially yeah. games uh-huh. about horror or monsters specifically? Um, because you get this run in in the very first playthrough, some of it in the young boy near stuff, where this is a game <laughs> that references through gameplay mechanisms, um, old text adventure games. Um in, in in some ways, anticipating the Twine Revolution, I was gonna, <laughs> which is going I've, to hit. I wrote it's down not, multiple times Twine in <laughs> that section. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you what the people I know who liked to make things in Twine a decade ago. Those motherfuckers loved Drakengard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, but also Resident Evil. The first time that you go yeah. to. Uh, Emil's mansion. Uh, I like was ready for a dog to burst through a window, <laughs> but like you lose, you lose camera control. It becomes fixed camera angles. Uh, you are walking around that. You're, you're literally looking for like crests or whatever to open doors. The moon like, key. That's ju- the right, yeah, <laughs> the, the moon, moon key. key and the sun key or whatever. Um, uh, Diablo as it takes on an uh, an isometric perspective and it becomes just like oh, I love the that. most that's hack the and section. slash that dungeon uh-huh. rules. That the best one of the best parts of the DLC, um, the Mother's Diary stuff. What is oh, that? Man. What is that actually called? Uh. Oh, 13 <laughs> doors or I don't remember what it's actually called Chronicles but the, of the Lost World or some shit like that yeah that's what it is it is it, the recycled yeah, world the recycled world is that you get to redo that dungeon and get a ton of loot when you do it <laughs> um, the rest of that DLC stuff is not is not good uh, you have to do it to get the weapons but um, unfortunately but yeah and, and then and then it's not all of them it's the text adventure it's the side it's the Resident Evil it's the Diablo well, oh and then the ship the, the ship which is new has kind of a point and click adventure vibe yeah, almost right. as you're looking for again looking for keys and stuff and all of those it's like the history of games is at play here which I, again goes back Kato, to what you were saying about Devil and Popola as rule rule keepers or game like the, the boundaries of the game yes. are defined by them and, and your story um, and and in many ways, uh, the thing that this reminded me of and, and, and predates now by a number of years uh, is is Kentucky Route Zero and its relationship with like old school adventure games and, and, and just trying to like play inside of the space of the the kind of um, grammar of other games. Uh, that's something I praised KRZ for a lot and I still praise it for. But I wish I'd seen that it, that Nier was doing it this dramatically here first. Um, and, and I don't have a thesis for this yet that I, that I'm strong, that I feel strong enough about to be like, and this is what it's doing. Um, I think that there's something to say about games as meaning making structures, the kind of like ways in which we put rules on top of the world or the ways in which stories are, 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 um, uh, structured in in terms of game mechanics mm-hmm. things like you know inside of that text the first text adventure or maybe not the first one the first time you go into the forest of myth and you talk to the three people there's the one that like straight up feels like i mean it, it again feels like a resident evil situation where you're going through a castle um and it's like do you go left east west north east or west right and obviously this mm-hmm. is pulling from the uh, an entire era of of text adventures 
uh, like Zork and and stuff like that. Um, but like you know, if you go to the wrong places too many times, you just die in there, and it <laughs> kicks you out, and you have to start over. Process of process of, by process of elimination, figuring out the way forward. Yeah. There's even a little um, uh, classic. Uh, a, B, and C all say the other ones are lying puzzle to do in there, which I got that on my first try. I felt very smart. I felt like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I nailed that shit. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's my favorite thing to – that has been one of my favorite things to unpack. Um, and in some ways, let's say, blending E, it also looks forward to uh, to Automata in terms of visuals, right? And so it's, it's even playing with its own gamic history there, ludic history there. Uh, and so, like, I, I think there's something there for me to work through and find a better thesis on. So, um, go ahead. I want to jump in on it because, like, because this is something that I was been thinking about the entire time I'm playing it, is that it does. It, like, really does quote, um, like, sometimes I think, yes. that, like, the Spencer Manson is just direct mm-hmm. resident evil quote mm-hmm. or emile's mansion is the spencer room, like, mansion the long dining room is just yeah 100%. it's just that uh-huh yeah uh-huh. the blood um, sink <laughs> the blood sink yeah which also yes. turns on by itself every time you walk into that room after the fact uh-huh. which is very funny to me <laughs> but like so you know one of the things that i was thinking through this time is that like you know the text adventures they're not good text adventures the zelda block puzzles that you get right zelda zelda obviously the other big one yeah just the whole game is just zelda right well because it was it was it was yokotaro watched evangelion and played ocarina of time was like i can do that (laughs) (laughs) honestly (laughs) let's go but um you know like the the block puzzles they're not good block puzzles you know, mm-hmm. the riddles. The fact that it's the same one in the post office. I was going to say, but upon the time, you can really appreciate the nuance <laughs> and the way those. Like, the, <laughs> the, the, the riddles that he uses are just the most, like, they're the basic riddles. We get what? We get, like, the Sphinx's riddle. Oh, and then when you riddle, have to do them again the, and it switches and you have to pay attention to yeah, the numbers and the, the colors. It's, like, oh co- it's, like it's like a third grade reading comprehension test. Uh-huh. All right. How many soldiers did she have with her? Well, So then it became a game for me where I was like, I'm holding circle to fast uh-huh. forward through it. And I'm just trying to, to catch it as it goes through. And so what I'd get is like, blue, got it. Like, uh, uh-huh. 40 something. Well, I think I only needed the four, and that's probably good enough, and I'll get it at the end. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But I also always picked the same Yona answer when I was picking. There's a third, the third one. I always went the one I at the bottom. The third one. It's the closest. It's the one that's closest together. Uh, so anyway, I, I really love that. Like, there is not a lot of attention paid to these elements. It's just the fact that they are there. You yeah. know, it's like when we switch perspectives. It's not really. It's not crucial that we're switching perspectives in camera. It's just the fact that we could do it and we are doing it here. And Mm. figure out what that means. Like, you know, (laughs) it's just like go spend your time thinking about that if you want to. Or don't. It might not mean a goddamn thing. (laughs) I mean, again, this is I, I, I come back to the mansion, Emile's mansion so much for this because it is just it is just a resident evil mansion and then underneath it it is a resident evil mansion because there's a secret weapons lab underneath mm-hmm. by the way and instead of it being where you learn about the tyrant project or nemesis or whatever you i mean you literally learn about a weapon project yeah. uh, where there are wep- where there are weaponized people and that person joins your party right yeah. um so like it is it is it is doing something that i think is very there's something shallow about what if the monsters all joined your party um, and you realize they're people. But I, where I think that the game works for me is that's not enough to prevent conflict from happening. Right. Right. Um, uh, that's not enough for, for to, to stop tragedy from happening. Um, and and 
I, I there's something about that that really does speak to me in this in this game. Because there's always um, um, there's always another right like right, right? You, yes. you're you're yes. picking who you're choosing to like create this you know found family circle and then mm-hmm. it, uh, that's actually the theme that I'm kind of the most interested just having played the first one is the idea yeah. of how the creation the creation of the self also kind of makes the creation of the other happen right like because mm-hmm. the 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 fucking replicants which are supposed to be just shells make a self like then they other the shades which normally the shades were supposed to just you know the the gestalt were supposed be to be people right be people and be in those shells that were supposed to be empty but because they you know i don't does mm-hmm. is that ever is that just Heartless like occasionally right this is uh, <laughs> y- yes in fact in fact we should just jump to this this next question because i'm i know dia you have a lot to say about this one and i think it, it connects nicely to what kato is is setting up here <laughs> uh let me let me find it here sorry it, it's a little bit further down uh someone said it in there okay here it is uh this comes in from brock who says I don't know if y'all taking questions for the near replicate spoiler cast, but I just finished Route E and I was really excited by a bit of Inside Austin game in the last Waypoint Radio and had to write in. Trying to keep it brief, um, I'll say, I really enjoyed the game and found the emotional beats of the character arcs very satisfying, but was left disappointed with how vague and unexplained so much of the lore and background information remains by the end. After getting the E ending, I went and read the fan translation of Grimoire, the Grimoire Near companion book, which very directly and plainly lays out a ton of the story that's hardly present in the game. It's left me kind of perplexed at the discrepancy between what you get from the game as its own artistic piece versus how much more of the story there is to be found elsewhere. <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts on how much information is presented to the players within the game versus how much of it uh, has to be found elsewhere? Do you think that the player needs the full timeline of events to appreciate the story? Do you feel that things have reached a satisfying conclusion by the end? Is it somehow uh, the point that they, if they haven't, uh, where is the line for you on it being thematic to not know the full context versus the experience of just legitimately lacking something in the end? Best wishes, keep the good work and fuck capitalism. Brock. Dia, you saw this question and had some thoughts last <laughs> night to me when I first dropped it in there. Yeah, well, because, um, like, I mean, I guess my, my, my basic answer is just like, no, like, <laughs> um, you don't. I don't think this needs to be in there. And like when I remember the first time, like I first time I played near, you know, I didn't know who the Hamlin organization was or Legion or the mm-hmm. red eyes or any of this other stuff that I have said. Or is someone who pops up in like a, a, uh, in a loading screen. You're like, who the fuck is a cord? <laughs> yeah. And then if you know via other game shit, and I think even the Emil backstory stuff connects to the Accord corporation yeah. or something. So so Accord never shows up in the other uh, playthroughs? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. No, no. None of this shows up. It's not up. that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think then that's the, that's the important thing is that, like, this isn't that game. Um, You know, one of my big things is, like, you know, I love the I love all the item descriptions in Dark Souls. I read, I have read all of them. I I pay attention to the changes between versions. You hear versions. that, Patrick? I've, oh, Pat- I've Patrick and I, we have fought about this a million times I, on, on our DMs. <laughs> I, I have. I just don't care. You go. Hundred percent of my DMs I, are me telling Patrick, "Fuck you." Read the item description. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, I exist in life to play games in a way that functionally makes Dia uh, extremely upset at, at all times. If you want a hard combat game, go fucking play Ninja Gaiden Black. <laughs> I, I can do both. I I can do both. I you know true. I. You know, but like, a, so it's not like it's not that I don't love like you know I don't love the deep lore and I don't love kind of like putting the pieces together and just kind of playing with them but 
Nier is not that story. Like, you know, and this way I think about like, you know, Yoko Taro and the Evangelion connection. It's just like, we don't need to know what this sort of, like, the spear of loginess is. Like, mm-hmm. it's just sick. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you just like, you know, it's like, there's like this character named Accord and like, who the fuck is Accord? I don't know. Sounds sick. You know, the Hamlin Corporation with their secret lap. Sounds sick. Like, sometimes things just can just be. And like, that is where like, I land with Nier is that like, just let these things flavor the text that you are like, you know, um, world building isn't there to give you an encyclopedic history of the world. It is there to have present a stage for these characters to operate in. Um, and like, I think Nier works really well. I, honestly, one of my things that like about the new, the replicant 1.22, whatever, um, is that it added too much texture and detail to the world. <laughs> um you know, I didn't need all the grass. I didn't need all of this, like, you know, <laughs> the population before it was this kind of, you know, it was a memory. It was a, you know, a stage, um, you know, a, a, a stage. goes back to speaking about what you said before about it being received history versus being a thing that we think of as actively happening currently. Right. And it's, it, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was an impression of a zone, which like, you know, the original, like, you know, like the, the, the Northern fields are supposed to just basically be Hyrule field, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's right. like Hyrule field, we, we couldn't put a lot of stuff in that. It was the N64, but like, you know, the PlayStation 3, <laughs> we could have put more in there, but mm, not really. Um, and so now we've got this big lush, you know, environment. I'm kind of, it almost t- pulls me back even more. Cause I'm like, no, no, no. I want the even more reduced version of this because, yeah. um, this is a stage play more than, you know, if, 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 if this is a kind of like, you know, an active text, it is a stage play um, more than anything else. And I want that impression rather than, you know, the kind of, you know, realism of it. That is how it hits me too. I, I, I've raged against the kind of wikification of, of fiction um, that has grown for, for years now, like going back to like, I think I'm writing about this with my Undertale review that one of my least favorite things about then the kind of growing fandom of that game was the desire to catalog. Um, it's a Undertale is a game that like so badly wants you to understand that cataloging is one of the ways in which you end up like trying to catalog people. Um, and, and that impulse should be resisted. And then to have all of the possible dialogue variations and, uh, uh, endings and and everything else and secrets and and digging through code to try to find true information um, felt so uh, so antithetical to what that game's themes were um, um, and I, and I I feel that more largely because it often comes hand in hand with the sense that a text can be solved <laughs> um, that if only you lay out all of the details in chronological order, you'll arrive at the true reading. I think there's value in looking at and building worlds where there's lots of detail across many different uh, sources also. Um, so something like Grimoire Noir existing, uh, or sorry, Grim- Grimoire Near existing, um, <laughs> is uh, is valuable in the sense that it it's a space where someone like uh, Yoko Taro can can tell parts of this story in another format and delve into parts of it that are not in near itself but their absence from near does not mean that the that there is or their the decision to not foreground the all of the kind of grimy details of the gestalt program 
uh, is not a, for me, is not a lack. It's a decision to background that stuff and focus and, and, and yeah. draw the player's attention instead onto the stuff that is thematically resonant and, and core, which is about personal relationships, right? There is no point at which, I mean, you get this information at the end of your run when you're too deep in to do anything with it anyway, right? Uh-huh. You get this information, or Nier literally gets this information. Like the main character, who, by the way, Yotaro has said is not named Nier. Um, uh, I will always just call him Nier, but like I've read an interview with him where he was like, no, that's not the name of the character. It can't be Nier, which is very funny. Um, uh, who, but, but what, who or what is Nier then? The protagonist. Uh, I think we, but that, but he says it's not the protagonist. Yeah, he says oh. it's not. Yeah. So, oh yeah, so, I bet the yeah. Okay. Uh, but which, which I think the uh, cast wrote in and said Noir plus Weiss equals Near, but it's spelled wrong. It's N E I R. That's not. It doesn't work. Uh, anyway, also that huh? it How do you forgets Weiss? Rubrum. W E I. Yeah. S S. Weiss. Yeah. I never. I never yeah, even looked yeah, at yeah. documents. Take 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 the E I. Oh wait, I E. Yeah, Never so mind. Yeah, I'm yes. sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> Ignore fine. me. It's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it leaves um, that rubro. But 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 I I do think that there is um uh I, I'm not someone who needs it laid out for me in that way. Not because I I'm and that's not me saying I'm good at putting things together. That's <laughs> me saying I like and even as a storyteller, I like to not have to put things together in that way and instead invoke. Um, uh, an emotional response without it being tied. This, this to fandom has some of that, though. Like there, there's a reason totally. that that Yoko totally. went out and uh, did interviews on Undertale's behalf when that game was getting a Japanese localization. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's part of the that's part of the A4 connection. They they asked him uh, to, they to do, do some of that. That's funny. Okay, yeah, yeah A4 published uh, Undertale in in Japan. And like, handled- and I think that there's two different things. There's the desire to connect different works together in a in a broad sense. Uh, which I'm also guilty of as a storyteller. Well, I, right. Um, I, I, I was speaking more to the fan, the fandom's desire to explain. Like, it's, yes. you cannot go into a near thread without like a bunch of people being like, "Aha! Like, I'm here to explain like the stage play <laughs> that like you didn't, and, and not even necessarily in a like you're wrong for not understanding as much as like no, there are answers and like they're important. Like, and we should discuss them. And it's just interesting how. Like Yoko seems yeah. both interested in telling lots of stories, doing lots of world building, but not necessarily the way it's like foreground for the player or like the hierarchy of like who will encounter that and in what form um, less interested in like, like even like talking to, you know, uh, John Riccardi, like it was one of the localizers on, on, on all of these games, like going back to the original near, like he mentioned at one point in my interview that uh, they would have a question about something and then he would go, all right. So here's how this actually works. And then the moment I brought that up, like Ricardo actually got like very, he was like, ah, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have you know mentioned that because like, I think there is an understanding that like, even though like a lot of, this isn't true of like every game world or every just world building that like creators work on, but it's often the case. They know more about the mechanics of it than is actually foregrounded in the, mm-hmm. the work itself. And like, this seems to be what I was implied to me from uh, Riccardi and what is, I think is implied by a lot of Yoko's work in general is that he knows a lot more than is actually here. Like he has yeah. really deeply thought about the timeline, the mechanics of this, of this world and, and how it exactly it all, it all fits together. But there is a, a reluctance to even admit that that is the case because I think there is a, like the fandom around this, this series is, is a little, I'll be so curious to see what happens next for that reason, because now like, like near was sort of like a, a weird a weird thing a, a weird cult classic like automata became like 
you know, like in in this, you know, the the grand scheme of things, like a pr- a pretty big game. It's so you know millions of copies. Like mm-hmm. and like so then, what does a creator like that do next with its fandom, with that world? Like I I don't know. Like I, and it makes me so curious to see what how Yoko himself interprets his own fandom that he has now inherited. Um, right. And, What's like, the where, game where that, that does to Near Automata what Automata was doing to Near? Right? right. Right. Which Near was doing to Ava and Zelda and right. Resident Evil. Etc. Um, we should keep on moving because we do have a lot of one, lot, a lot of questions here. Here's a quick one from from Uzziah who says, "Don't worry if you remember uh, uh, when you beat Near Automata. One of the pods says, thank you for playing Near Automata in the way that Austin has been saying it. They don't say <laughs> Automata, they say Automata. Thank you. Pardon my pronunciation, guys. I'm not a linguist or whatever. Thank you for the pod in your work. Thank you, Uzziah. I really appreciate that. Uzziah, we're going we're to stick to that. That's, that's every time you guitar says it, like I'm just like, yeah, he says Automata. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate this. I feel better now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, ref- of- I refuse. It's 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 never going to be automata. Uh-uh. It feels right. It, automata. Just it's good. Anyway, David writes in and says, as someone who played the original Nier several years before playing Automata in 2017, I was curious to gain the perspective of people like Austin and Patrick who had not played the original one. They played Automata. Now that you finished Replicant, do you feel as though you have any new perspective or insights into the events of Automata? I asked this because after getting ending E of Replicant, I decided to play through Automata again. And as I go through it, I'm trying to consider how they would have responded to some of these scenes that are directly calling back to the original game. For example, if I had an intensely powerful reaction, sorry, for example, I had an intensely powerful reaction to seeing Kaine's home surrounded by lunar tears while her music played. But yeah. I have to imagine most people who saw that scene were left confused. Most Automata <laughs> yep. players did not play the original. Does that scene or any others feel different to you now? Thanks for reading. Love the podcast. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, likewise, all the Emil stuff, um, which does Devil have and a Popola. I, yeah, I, I, Popola. I can't imagine the response that people like were like, "What?" You yeah, know, totally. Like, like that must have been so, like I just saw two androids. It was uh, like, okay, this is a game about androids anyway. Like, mm-hmm. not not gonna blink at this. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. I did something in another village somewhere. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Seems rough. Um, the the mask. Sh- so I started replaying Automata before, like a couple, like a week ago, basically, just to get my feelings right on on this and feel what that game plays like. It plays so differently. Um, I, you know, I think that they just feel like different games. Also, because just the level design is so different, right? Like this game feels like an adventure game in terms of its dungeon design uh, a little bit more. Not not because there's puzzles you're solving, but like discrete rooms in a mm-hmm. in a yes. different. Automata really feels like a character action game and not a particularly great character action game in terms of like, what do I do in this room? Oh, I just fight too many enemies. Okay. Um, uh, in any case, um, almost immediately I ran across the, the first thing you do in that game basically is go out into the desert and run across all of the desert um, machines who are all wearing the fucking masks from Facade. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, it's all the facade mask. It's the king's mask specifically. I just need, I actually, kind of, I needed to send you the like the article, like the ten things that connect uh, <laughs> here, like that I sent to Austin yes. that can give you some of these moments without having to yeah. uh, replay That'd the game great. yourself. Yes, yes. Um, and okay. More than that, it's just this. the thing that I said before, which is like thinking about about two B and nine S in relation to characters and A two, but I've not gotten to play as A two yet in in my Automata replay. I just um, but, I, I like the span of the. I love the fact that these stories take place over th- like thousands, thousands, tens of, of thousands of years. It's a convenient <laughs> way to essentially have like different worlds that exist on the same timeline without having to, uh. you know, worry too much about 
You know, like it, 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 it is. Otto's laughing because he knows that this is a thing I do. Friends of the table. In our sci-fi story, we've done a number of. Uh, let's call this fifty thousand years later. Don't worry. It lets about you it. do both, right? Like it yes. lets you be. Yep. Uh-huh. It lets you retcon where you want to retcon, <laughs> and lets you connect where you want to connect without having to do like the hard work of like uh. what happened. You know, and that's fine. I think, but it still makes it. Like I love that those connections exist. I love that like you know the, the the this universe exists on like a time span greater than like you can like sort of conceive right in front of your eyes and mm-hmm. like I but that also means that yes I I guess I in theory miss that I didn't see those connections but that's also the beauty of <laughs> Automata is that like it it exists as a self-contained thing that is that is deeply satisfying and interesting and is only just richer for those connections that I now experience in a different way I'm not going to replay Automata most likely but I I now ex- I you know Automata is a richer text for having played near yeah. even if I didn't have the like you know OMG fan moment um which itself is I think something that you know like well, I want to say that like Yoko avoids, but he also has like Emil's head, like you know, like turning into a giant, and, like rolling all over the landscape. So like he uh-huh. he seems to have he seems to enjoy both producing those connections and then teasing the audience's relationship with them, which is what I, which is what makes me so curious about his future work. Is like what what, what does he do to kind of like knife the players in different ways now that they have like <laughs> this broad spectrum of connections to yeah. to his world. I just want to note that this game does the time jump random amount of years thing immediately and it's like that is actually the first thing i messaged you was ah, 1412 years yeah. later just like, what a great like, and it's not even a like and it's and, it, and it's so subtle too because it's it's most games would do like a clean break like 1500 years later like the fact that it's uh-huh. like a very specific number is itself telling in the choosing and i i delighted <laughs> in that being something that happens in the first 15 minutes of, of the game it's like hey here's a bunch of mechanics ah we're gonna throw them away because you're gonna have to kind of start over again anyway yeah. uh and then here's here's an arbitrary number we're gonna jump to it's so great. austin how did the school buses and the skyscrapers <laughs> in automata hit you now uh because you know it really cracks me. Like when I first played it, I was just like, this is fucking brilliant and also just ridiculous. It's very funny because it's like, what is the, because Automata is what? Another 5,000 years, right? Or something. Post it, 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 it jumps to an right. alien like invasion. Yeah. there. Well, it, it jumps to post an alien invasion. Yeah. Correct. Correct. During which time Emil turned... This is the thing that I the thing I had to look up because I was like I want to really remember this Emil shit because I didn't remember how Emil was presented. In my mind, Emil in Automata was the Emil who bounces away at the end of Route B. That, route, that's route what I C. thought. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, I know. The Emil in Automata is a baby Emil. Emil cloned himself to yep. fight aliens, <laughs> and uh, in of the course, process, he, Emil would do anything. Of course. Sure. And in the process, Emile's memories were uh, – became hazier and hazier. Isn't that the whole – like that's the arc of like – I never unlocked any of that stuff yeah, in, yeah, in Automata. But isn't that the whole – like you're trying to – you don't give him his old memories, but you're like – No. You, you're, you're, you're like, like rescuing him, a, him for the future. You're, you're, you're almost like giving him a connection back to remember the people he, he missed, right? Wow. Or that subversion of him missed. And obviously that's – that is now we know, you know, or I guess you do at the time was kind of – uh, near and and uh vice um but the the actual thing there's like a little cutscene of like a bunch of near heads or a bunch of emil heads fighting aliens it's very fun. not <laughs> a, a, a meal like heads. A mural. once i yeah. get the vaccine i gotta go out to the to the club <laughs> my fellow meal heads and <laughs> yeah uh-huh we're out here mm, um mm, mm. 
So yeah, that is the that is that that connection too. I think is and just yeah, I, I think that there's seeing all of that shit first presented here, um, both in the the opening sequence of like this is what the world looked like in modernity, and then also you go back there. Oh, you go back there in the in the stupid DLC shit. You go back there and have like a fight in a basketball court uh-huh. or something in <laughs> in the near DLC. Like, what, was this just? Did they just build this basketball court? Also, we talked about this, Patrick. The the um shooting gallery fight or a, a level of the of the oh, diary it, DLC. In the, oh my, I yeah, love I that think, shit. I think, I think <laughs> my so uh, funny. I think I messaged you and I was like, ah, it's, it's so wonderful how the 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 near team left in this in summer summer intern work into the game so that we could all experience it into the DLC like and alongside the like remix that someone like you know like all hey, of that music all of those remixes my kid are... my, my, my kid made a remix of one of the songs there's like a way we could sneak this into the game and it's like yeah we'll mash it up with this really bad Patrick, that's a whole sequence. album there is a whole <laughs> remix album of course uh, of course there is <laughs> Of there's course. a couple. Uh, there's a couple on Apple Music. I've been listening to them when I've been playing <laughs> lately. <laughs> um, actually, this is a question that we didn't get emailed. But um, Dia, do you remember the original soundtrack? And, and like, how do you feel that this new version of it? Um, we kind of sits in comparison. Um, yeah, I do remember. It was actually funny because, like, um, you know, I did the audio logs, this game soundtrack column for Pace last year. And so one of the, like, the, I think it was the oh, right. second yes, one I did yeah, yeah, yeah. was on the Near Replicant soundtrack, which I knew was the Near Replicant soundtrack because my friend imported it and we listened to it in her car. Uh-huh. And so, like, that really is a very, like, kind of formative memory for me. Um, I guess not a formative memory, but a very powerful memory for me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, I didn't, it, I didn't mind it. Um, it was not, um, you know, uh, I was very vocal of my criticisms of the remaster uh, or the remake Dark Souls or Demon Souls soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Um, because for me, it doesn't work. Um, that is such a, you know, non-orchestral, you know, non-live instrument uh, album mm-hmm. soundtrack originally. Um, but for this, it I think it worked. Um, I don't know that it necessarily, and you can go back and you can change it. Um, uh later i don't know at what point you can actually unlock the original i guess it's after e i don't remember yeah um, I, yeah i think it's when you restore your save file um mm-hmm. for e but uh it i think it i think it works both ways um i think for this one it is it's similar enough like it, it is like much like this game it is you know it recalls the original in the way that like um, it has updated it and like kind of fits in better in some regards, I think um, with this more uh, kind of slightly more realistic. Yeah, version like of the, it's like, if you're going to add the grass texture, right. Or you're going to add the grass models, then maybe a lusher vocal uh, yeah. track on this, on this song does fit a little bit better because it's not, it's not such a sparse looking game at this point. Yeah. That's a case. You can make that case. I don't know if I buy it, but you can make it, you know? Yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, I'm just kind of like, eh, like I don't, you know, I don't know that like it really makes that much of a difference uh, for this game either way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, soundtrack rips. <laughs> soundtrack rips. Like it just <laughs> does. It's just very good. Uh, Justin writes in, says, hello, near spoiler cast. There's a detail in near Gestalt that is completely not there in replicant due to a developer mistake. In the original year of development, the birthday for the protagonist is listed as June 6th, Yoko Taro's birthday, most likely a placeholder. Replicant, however, did not replace this placeholder, so in both the original Japanese release and the, and the 1.22 re-release, 
This was the birthday of the young protagonist. Gestalt, however, changed it to what was eventually decided upon, September 11th. Though some claim this is to honor the 2003 release date of Drakengard 1, this is hard to believe given the portion of the presentation below, and this is a link out to a Silicon Era uh, summary of a uh, GDC talk. This is Making Weird Games for Weird People, which a lot of people have sent in things saying, go watch the Making Weird Games for Weird People um, uh, uh, talk that Yogotaro did at uh, GDC in 2014, I want to say. Um this is from the piece. This is not a direct quote from Yokotaro. This is someone summarizing part of the talk. For Nier's, for Nier's design, he revealed, he was deeply influenced by the events of 9-11 and the world thereafter. 9-11 was an unfortunate event that triggered out of a situation where both sides believed they were doing the right thing. The question is, what did they see from their point of view? What does it look like from each other's perspectives? These were the thoughts that went on through his head while he was making Nier. I just thought this would be an interesting discussion, interesting for the podcast to discuss, Justin. Uh, I could, I could see him thinking that, <laughs> um, and I could see the September 11th birthday for Papa Nier being intentional in that way, <laughs> given yep. that. Yeah. That, that adds up. Uh, good, good <laughs> detail to know. Um, uh, Brian writes in and they say, uh, they have a bunch of questions here. Um, and we're going to blow through them. Now that you've had a chance to get to know Emil better, Sorry, I should note. I, you know, I should do these these questions credit. Uh, hello, I have three questions for the near spoiler cast. Question A: Emil's fate and fate. The A in fate is capitalized, uh, <laughs> as if it's an ending. Now that you've had the chance to get to know Emil better, how has your uh, opinion of him changed compared to your initial pre- impressions from him in Automata as the secret boss slash failed defender of the earth slash wandering shopkeeper? How do you feel about how things end up for him by the time of the machine wars? I love Emil with my whole fucking heart. I take a bullet for Emil right now. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, yeah, delightful. I mean, yeah, it, it's nice to have it more than, you know, my, you know, the arc of, I think, probably for a lot of people, the arc of understanding Emil is what's with the designer that wears that, like, creepy looking mask. And yeah. then, uh, which is probably something you were aware of before you played Near Automata, which is, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, that was my, like, first encountering was just, like, this game designer that wears this mask. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess everyone needs a fucking bit. Um, it's hard to get noticed <laughs> these days. Um, uh, which is true. I, like, it's like if 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 it quite literally was only that, it's like fun- functionally, you know, gets you attention. But um, you know, like a lot of things with 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 Yoko, it's it's deeper than that. And then yeah, like playing Automata, being like, oh, okay, well then it's just a funny shot. You know, like it's it, the arc of like coming to this game and then like having that character become a a whole person. Um, with you know like the, the tragic backstory you know you know involving you know him and you know especially mm-hmm. involving his sister is is awesome like it, again and I think it like speaks to again like before like the, the, I don't feel like playing Automata like was like a lesser experience not knowing who Emil was but it's like, it's much richer to have played you know experience and think back on all of those now knowing you know what Emil went through to get to the place that you know he's at at the end my also my Favorite like tiny little uh, a bit is when he appears at the end of uh, during Route E and he just has extra arms and it's just like why six do you arms, have yeah, or, yeah uh-huh. why do you have six arms like ah <laughs> like that nah, don't worry about it like, <laughs> like uh-huh. it's just like the way like but also the fact that it's even brought up also just speaks to like this is just such a game where such ridiculous quote ridiculous things are happening and also to have characters that comment them like as a play in a, in a kind of a player surrogate perspective mm-hmm. but like a much more aggressive almost like like forum troll uh <laughs> like perspective like is just is just such a delight mm-hmm. um 
yeah, the arc for Emil for me of like, here is someone who is afraid of looking at people, um, of of observing the world because in uh, observation there is there is touch, um, and that he sees his touch as I mean his touch is a weapon literally uh, when you first meet him, um, but is is him contending with that fear. Um, uh, then uh, moving to being a person who is afraid of being perceived um, um, and needing to reckon with that and seeing the characters in his life recognize who he is despite now having his his like weapon I guess his sister's weapon body um, um, which also brings in all sorts of questions around gender uh, obviously we also get the kind of admission the more direct admission in this version in this translation that Emil's uh, like deeply attracted to near um, uh, and and is is at least is at least by but but my read is, is definitely just like extremely gay for near which you know <laughs> go for it why not um, uh, all of that stuff is is like produces a character who who has a lot of depth given how late he shows up in the first in the first like half of the game um when he first shows up in the first half the end of, of route a it's like he's just he's just hanging with us now we just met this kid is he really just around and then within an hour you're like no one should ever separate me from emil again <laughs> yeah. uh emil's like core crew like ride or die let's go uh those are the cuts the only cutscenes i never skipped were the airy um, the post airy destruction scene uh. with Emil and the final like like dedication uh, uh, sacrifice Emil scene. I would I won't skip either of those ever. Um, I love him too much. Also, Emil is just Emil is just the actually near replicant uh, thesis statement. If you want the rewards of being loved, you must submit to the mortifying ordeal of being known. <laughs> that is Dang literally up. what what it is. It's uh. just all right there. Shit. Uh which Question. is funny because then we have, you know, Yoko Taro wearing the Emil mask. Right, you know. right, mm-hmm. right. Which is both, Which- you know, like I buy the like, you know, the, the the whole being known thing. And then also it's like, yeah, this is an expectation about wanting to be known. Yoko. Yeah, totally. Is this is I mean, it goes back to the double bind of the caretaker, right? That right. Is like, is this about protecting your identity and allowing yourself to have access to a certain type of love? And and anonymy uh, anonymity. Um, it's the second time this week I've said anonymy instead of anonymity. Um, uh, or is it not nominate having a certain type of nominate? <laughs> <laughs> or is this about uh, drawing attention to yourself uh, and 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 kind of um, taking control of the story that is told about you? It's it's interesting. Anyway, question B: subs or dubs with capital B's. Um, I did not let this, this question is about if you like the, the Japanese or English voice track more and specifically calls out something that I didn't know about until Patrick, you told me about it, which is that in Japanese, Kaine's swearing is censored, but it's uncensored in English. Would the shit hog line still have resonated as much with you if you'd heard it bleeped out and had to guess what she said? Um, a bleep, the bleep kind of implies a regular word you already know, right? Like... Oh, we know that bird, and it's Fucker. a bad word. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's funny. So when I when I interviewed Riccardi, I asked, uh, like, it, we spent a lot of time talking about the swears uh, because I think it's like fascinating that oftentimes, a for itself and other localization groups are accused of you know uh, censoring Japanese creators when they you know bring bring their games over as opposed to you know like working alongside them and trying to find ways so broader audiences can understand their work and. Often that is like in the frame of like, you know, 
highly sexualized characters. Um, mm-hmm. But in, in this in this case was like, you know, Yoko has spoken in uh, in interviews where he the whole reason the game, you know, the the censoring is, is a, a, you know, commentary on a Japanese society, like zone censoring. And he thought it would be funny to then censor his own work. And then when, you know, Square and 8-4 got involved, they thought, like, looked at that and they're like, I think people are just going to think it's weird uh that it's that it's censored like it's one thing if you're doing it for effect like one or once or twice like a you know a bleep can be funny um and, and then they you know settled on just having the the explicit swearing but the anyway that's a, a long version of getting to i'd asked it was like well like what's in the original japanese script then right like is is, is it just a bleep is it is it just a you know like er, censored or is there mm-hmm. like did, did, did yoko write a bunch of swears in the original script and then they were censored and I was I was not given an answer because the original <laughs> Japanese script has not been made public and they were very sensitive to, uh, you know, disclosing exactly, which makes me think that there's, Yoko's written some swears <laughs> in there. And that <laughs> I, I have been trying on the side. To, to, yeah, well, I've been trying on the side to, there was a, a second piece I wanted to do out of the localization stuff was I just wanted to know the origins of Shithog because I thought that was like a funny way of just <laughs> mm-hmm. speaking more broadly about the way like, you know, swears are deployed in that game and like w- what role of that is the original uh, writer or is that the localizer and how do those things mash up? Um, and th- that ha- that has not played out yet. I, I, I believe the, the last we ha- left it was trying to get uh, Yoko to expl- explain shit hog. And I, I don't know if I'll actually get the, the answer on that, but um, yeah, Off that is my a fingers for you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a fascinating, fascinating part about that, that whole game's uh, creative uh, look. Uh, last question here from Brian favorite place. What is your favorite place with a C in it uh, in the year? Mine is the forest of myth because dot, 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 et cetera. It's not the junk heap. That's not you. Mine's the junk heap. Absolutely. Come on. Mine is definitely the junk heap. You probably spent 40 hours in the junk heap. I love the junk heap. This is, this is, I don't know if you saw this exchange, but I, I did that whole thing. I did that series of tweets about gardening and, and trying to get, my in my pink flowers and the the lunar tear and etc. And the the third one was I've run the junk heap in near so many times now that I've I almost did it during my lunch break today out of habit. I don't need anything in there ever again at this point, but it's just so comforting. And Jackson from Abnormal Mapping and Great Gundam Project at head uh, headfalls off said this threat. Damn! <laughs> Shout outs. Outside. Shout outs. I love Jackson from Great Gundam Project. Wow, can't wait for turning on them. Um, uh, Jackson said, this thread is now one post off from a complete near weapons story. Uh, and so I did add bash clank. I don't miss my garden anymore. Bash clank. The heap is warm and solid. Bash clank. The flowers outside are frail and weak. Bash clank. Metal flowers are strong and metal. And then I added verdant murmur. Damage. seven four. 43 magic power 50 percent weight heavy uh yeah that's my complete weapon story you can go find that thread uh it's the austin weapon verdant verdant whatever i said murmur um yeah i think the junk heap running the junk heap is i would run that shit right now that's how it feels good that sounds great it's like having a good jogging route you know what i mean mm. where you're you're like i know that this just feels like home to me <laughs> uh other favorite places oh god like, it's so hard for me to choose because like I have like reasons for each one. I'm like, you know, like um, the eerie, like the first time you get to the eerie and it's just like, it is haunting in a way that very few games have like actually captured the sense of just alienation. Like you go there and you feel bad. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, like, I mean, there are a few places, like even Dark Souls doesn't really get the sense of like, or Bloodborne, it's like the sense of being shut out of a community. So I'm afraid of clowns, I'm afraid of small towns. Like, I don't want to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I think it's probably facade. Facade is I, like, that's. I was definitely, I was going to say facade too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facade like, grew on me. Once I stu- once I gave up on the fast travel in facade and started running over rooftops and jumping my way from place to place mm-hmm. instead of using the boat, um, it grew on me a lot. I just think it's like, Fira's tour is so crucial yes. to me. Like, that was such a weird emotional moment for me in both times I played the game. That, like, you know, it it just, like, there's just, like, here's this weird, strange little brown girl who doesn't speak that is, like, going to, like, walk you through this very weird town that is built of sand and run by sand and everything is sand and everyone <laughs> wears masks and there are weird rules. And she's going to, like, be this weird tour guide that, like... You know, and there's like you just hear those like those like those little footsteps that she makes through the city, and it's just like no, this 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 is the like thing works for me the most in this entire game. The bit it's, where you're like you can tell her to stop giving you the tour, like I'd never no, in my life. Would no, have no, no. unfollow me right the fuck now if you skipped her tour. Goddamn, <laughs> look, <laughs> like yeah, like you know, I'll, I'll gladly kill Sif before I tell Fira to stop taking the tour. <laughs> Well, good news. You get to both kill Sif and see Fira die right. in this game, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, uh, Sif kills Fira. That's my fan theory. Patrick, your favorite place in this game. Uh, no, I th- the, the, the Airy was definitely the Airy. Mine. Yeah. That's just, it yeah. just feels like that's when I think of near, I, you know, I was always happy to go back to that place just because well, it's like actually like, like kind of fun to explore. Like it has a different, like, like the level design itself. Like yeah. The bridges Climbing and ladders, the, trying to jump over a lot of, I, there's a lot of like, I want to jump down to Oh, I did place. that. Con- <laughs> like I constantly, especially cause like it, there's like a weird weight to the falling. Yeah. Near it. Uh-huh. Like where you, can, I don't, you know, I platformers are like the genre. So I, I feel like I have a pretty high level of competence, like a, a good floor to work with when I'm, uh, jumping around in a game and every time I leapt off one of those bridges like I feel like I'm sinking like a fucking rock and yeah. I don't know that I can properly guide it and like especially when I was you know it's one of those things you do when you, you're doing like re- repetitive actions is like you try and find little things to whether it's yeah. like a podcast or 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 getting through the world in a slightly different way that was always my thing when I got to the area was like all right like what what weird path can I take like how can <laughs> I make a riskier jump um you know off of the the ledge uh in in this area and just the just the whole look of it is just so striking um that's yeah, always the it's uh, really cool it was just really cool to just constantly rotate the the camera around Getting that again, getting that speedrun achievement for that boss fight actually feels like it was the thing that it most relied on was the moment when it's Emil's like, I'll hold, I'll hold it back. And then you're like, all right, I have to go get over to that other bridge as quick as possible to try to shoot this thing in the, the, the you know, red spot well, I, on his I, back. And, and, like, to, to speak to that, like, uh, like I, I'm not a trophy per- like, I'm no, I treat trophies no. like I treat, uh, uh, like Akato talking side quests where it's like, <laughs> I like to do them if mm-hmm. I can do them like reasonably along the path that I'm yeah. already doing, but I'm not going to, yeah. I'm rarely going to go out of my way um, to, to actually to, to, to unlock them. But um, I thought it was cool. That, like, like different games would have gated that behind like an initial playthrough, right? Like, Oh, right. you could only get this if you do it the first time. And actually what Nier says, like 
yeah, are you like wildly overpowered and like you've played this game three times? We're still going to get you a trophy. And maybe the game is, you know, it's, 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 it knows you can't actually get that the first playthrough. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that's how it's, but like there are just different games that would have made that more of a hardcore, like capital G gamer achievement. And I got, I don't know, like six or seven of those just by the nature of like playing. Yeah. But then you get to route C, you're just so strong. Yeah. That, that you can yeah. Burn through things, which feels and those good. felt satisfying. Cause it actually yeah. did. That was actually an instance in which, the like arbitrary trophy system, maybe if not on purpose, but felt, uh, you know, like it was commentating on that repetitive aspect where like, Hey, you can only get this because you've done like this multiple times and have thus become, you know, powerful enough to, to do this at the speed that you're, that you're doing it. And I, I, I enjoy, I enjoyed getting those, even if I don't care if I get a hundred percent of them, they, they were satisfying every time one. Yeah. It was nice. Like just hit that. Like, I, I did not complete the achievements. Um, uh, I didn't even really, really try, but every time I was up against a boss, I was like, okay, let me see if I can just do this. Let me just like go, let me just go hard as I can. It does feel like this is the close, like the way you talk about it, though, this is like the closest I've heard you like think I'm like, cl- well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to plat- I'm, <laughs> I'm not ever going to for a, for a reason, which is like, there is this new fucking, uh, <sighs> achievement for, for looking up kind skirt 10 times. And oh, it's like, right, and, right, right, and it's, right. I don't remember what it's which like. Which was in Automata, the truth, right? The which secret. is. It right, yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the same thing, like, thing from Automata too, yeah. except that here it's explicitly tied to a fetishization uh-huh. of her intersex uh, a status, and that is like extremely gross <laughs> because Kaine is such. A, oh, we should just jump ahead actually, and, and there's a question here about this um, about Kaine more broadly, and and I think talking through why we like Kaine will help explain why that achievement fucking sucks. Um, uh, where is it here? Um, Bu- 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 oh, I do want to give a quick shout out to the bridge Please. to the Lost Shrine and the bathtub at the top of the Lost Shrine in terms of favorite places. Oh, yeah, true. Because true. those also- are such details that are so weird to me. Like mm-hmm. the clawfoot bathtub at the top of the Lost Shrine has Lost Shrine has been stu- has stuck with me since 2000 and whatever the fuck near came out. <laughs> like, and the bridge you only see like twice if, if you play through the whole game through. Uh-huh. In fact, you only see it once, right? You only yeah. see it. The first time you go, because you never replay that section of the game. Right. As, or maybe you do you do that in Route E. Do you go to Lost Shrine again? You, you must. Do, yeah. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, that's the only other time you do that run. And, again, that's part of why I like the Route E repetition is because, like, oh, yeah, there used to be a bridge that connects you to the Lost Shrine. I didn't have to do this shit with the boat. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Tony wrote in and said... Where is the line drawn between Kojima's weird lady characters and Yoko Taro's weird lady characters? Knowing the stories of both Metal Gear Solid and Nier, where is the line drawn for uh, for creating scantily clad female secondary characters with story reasons for being so undressed? Specifically, why does no one feel ashamed for their words and deeds regarding Quiet, but I have not heard the same kind of outcry for Kaine? They are both otherworldly story conceits that don't need to exist in the manner that they do, but everyone seems to love Kaine so much more and accept her clothing situation when they did not with Quiet. Is the prospect that uh, this is her choice to dress this way versus Quiet being forced into that situation? Is it her belligerent attitude and fighting for someone she cares about versus Quiet being Quiet? I admit to knowing less about Quiet, but I've yet to hear about her personality at all. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, here's your answer. You uh, or does Kaine just have a better skimpy outfit than Quiet? While I do like her in Nier in general, I cannot help but feel hesitant towards her character and dress regarding her being uh, intersex and being another pretty model to look at. Paired with how much more anime smooth-faced pretty lady they made her in the remake and the gross achievement they paired her with, I don't know how I feel. 
uh, like she's any different than a story can see to look at a nice body. You could expound this further to other characters as well, both game makers really liking tight slight slash slight outfits on women and making story reasons for them being that way, with Kojima having a much longer record of not great women characters, but I felt the kind of quiet comparison was the most apt. Sorry if you may have discussed this, I'm still catching up, it's just bothering me a bit regards Tony. Um D, I feel like you also had you also hit me up with a message about that last night. I'm curious <laughs> if you how you feel on that one. I did. Well, because like, you know, um one, I want to be in the part of the internet where we're not discussing, we're not, we're not re constantly relitigating Yoko Taro's horniness. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's constantly in like, I, I, I mean, we went through this with Automata, you know, like, and, and the maid outfits and things like that. And I actually had, I think in, I think Automata makes the case for, um, you know, 2B and not, and A2 much better because there is a very strong through line there about, you know, designed intentionality and the androids, you know, being like built and constructed to mm-hmm. be like this particular visual archetype. And like we do, we make things look pretty um, and conform to, you know, societal expectations of prettiness and things like that mm-hmm. um, versus like, you know, the robots in that that are just like weird and clunky and, you know, round machines. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Stubby in ways that are not right. That are that are that are um, cute in some ways, but are not meant to be attractive. Right. right? Um, and so like but like I think, you know, the big thing with with Kiny is that Kiny is a is a, Kiny is a character. Quiet uh, is not a character. Uh, yeah. If, quiet does not. Co- quiet literally, there is a reason for her not to speak in the narrative. <laughs> and it's and it's about that if she speaks, other people get hurt. Yeah. Right? Um and, and like in that way, she has Emil's story minus Emil's story. Yeah. It's like it's like Kojima got to what if we had a character who if they touched the world in any way, the world was hurt by it. And then we didn't do anything with that until until they hurt the world and that's the end of it we didn't talk we didn't delve into the interiority around what makes that person that person um and 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 how how they see the world and blah 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 whereas like with Emilio, we get a lot of that with kaine we get a ton of that by the time you get through ending e um uh and and likewise when i think about the other characters from kojima who do this it's like the beauty and the beast squad where like they're writhing around in tight bodysuits and don't have any and it's like here's the and a third party says the tragedy they went through and the ways in which they they uh, were traumatized that led them to be like this uh it's not those characters as agents in their worlds um uh and and i also you know listen i definitely follow the lead on this it's like who is who feels moved by this character? Who inside of a fandom or an audience uh, thinks this character is well designed? Including who thinks they're hot, uh, and and how are they speaking about that? Um, and let me tell you, it's it's mostly not cis dudes who I hear like hooting and hollering about Kaine. Maybe that reflects my circles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But but it like Bayonetta. There is a a very loud like contingent of queer women who love these characters and who feel like they are being spoken to or represented or otherwise uh, uh you know appealed to with the ways in which these characters are represented not just visually but textually as well you know um well, I think kind of slaps like kind of is just a dope character and that carries a long way. And there's a solid argument to be made that, like, you can argue that Kaine is the actual protagonist of Nier. Like, mm-hmm. but I also know there are people listening who are like, and that doesn't do enough for me. Yeah. I still feel like she's objectified and I don't like this. And like, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong for feeling 
bad about the way a character feels objectified in the same way that I would hope that if you're listening, you wouldn't feel mad about me being upset about the way, uh, you know, fatness is, is deployed as, mm-hmm. as, uh, in, in gross ways in things like Resident Evil 8 or the ways in which, uh, you know, uh, blackness are, are used as punchlines or whatever. Um, and I think the thing that ends up happening, I was just having this conversation with someone, um, actually in the Waypoint Discord, uh, about about DMX, someone who was uh, younger was like, "Why do people? Why are people upset about DMX dying?" He says lots of homophobic shit in his lyrics, and it's like, "Listen, I we grew up in a different era, and as a black queer dude, my options for for music content were nothing, <laughs> and, and not just music content, right? Um, there is nothing I grew up with that was not either racist or homophobic." Right. That was not either about or misogynist in a way that then exploded out into being also an attack on any sort of like, um, uh, any sort of masculinity that is not deeply heteronormative macho masculinity. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, there was no outside of that stuff. And there, and I still don't think that there really is. I don't think that you can find pure media. And I think that we should be much more like looking for how does a work speak to us than, than, and, and how, why do we connect to it? For DMX, it was that like this person who had this really loud, aggressive, um, uh, like stance that he was able to take was also someone who could talk deeply about his feelings of loss and grief and depression. Um, that like, it is dark and hell is hot is an album that is as often braggadocious about what he's capable of doing as much as it is like that back step that feels like he's on his back foot and that, and that, and that he's like consumed with, with grief and in, in, internal, uh, an internal dialogue about who he is and, and whether or not, you know, how to show that grief in, in ways that are acceptable and all that stuff. Um, and so it's not like, oh, I look past the homophobia to like DMX. It's not like I look past the sexual, sexualization of Kine to, to look at near. It's that I think that all of the works in the world are compromised in ways. And it's about, one, it's about killing the cop in my head because otherwise I end up being a person who's just like on Twitter yelling at people about what fandoms they're in. Um, and that's just not a productive way to engage with texts or engage with my own taste. Uh, and instead it's about engaging with stuff that I feel either either comfortable with or willing to be challenged by and engaging with the parts of it that work for me, figuring out why the parts don't work for me and, and trying to like sit with that. Um, uh, while not saying to other people, well, why can't you just do what I do? Because I recognize that different people have different, like, um, degrees of, of ability to sit with shit like this and, and ways in which there's certainly stuff where I'm like, this does, this goes too far for me. I can't come with you down this road. And I expect that it's true for a lot of other people as well. So, uh, I think if like, if kind A is too far for you, then that's just the thing that it is. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's a, that's a problem. Uh, I, I, she isn't for me largely because she's rendered in such detail as a character, you know, uh, that, that it's not that it justifies the outfit. I think Yoko Taro likes this horny outfit on Kaine, but that doesn't upset me enough to make me feel like I can't engage with who she is as a character and what's going on there. Well, and then um, there is like a weird component. Like for me, like looking at especially the the the, the remaster um, mm-hmm. for Nier, is these characters look so much more like Japanese ball jointed dolls. Oh, they really do. They, wow, they, I hadn't thought about that. Kaini especially is hmm. she is a dolphy. Like Kaini yeah. and Nier together are just are just dolphies. And like if you Google dolphy, um, that's yeah. kind of what you get. <laughs> Those big eyes, the yeah, the the lanky the limbs, weird, like, and the way totally and the way they right. animate. 
even like yeah. there is a weirdness to it and like it for me that really falls into when we when we go into buildings in near we always go into a dollhouse view mm-hmm. and so there is this component of like yes kindly is objectified like kindly in some regard is an object and like having to deal with that and process right. that is part in fact all of the replicants are right all the objects. replicants are objects literally yeah um yeah and so having to like work through that and kind of giving you this very, very explicit, you know, and again, this is me projecting onto the text. I don't know mm-hmm. that you know, Yoko Taro has not said, I made Kaini a sexy Barbie doll, <laughs> you know, because I want you to th- grapple with the concept of objectification um, mm-hmm. in this visual way. But it is, Kaini is objectified in a visual way and you have to deal with that. The same way you'd have to deal with, you know, 2B and 9S and all of them are all objectified because they are objects. Um, yeah. And so there is like another layer of like, no, 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 you're going to grapple with this if you want to engage with this text because it is unavoidable. And I really, I love when that happens because you don't get that with quiet. Quiet, the yeah. most you have to grapple with is just like, okay, yeah, we get it. All right, you were horny and this is what you like. You did the plate of eggs that look like boobs to you. Um, <laughs> fucking uh-huh. hell. Like, you know? Uh-huh. Um, uh, um, all right, let's move on. I want to hit a couple of these extra questions and then we can, we can wrap up because we've been going for a couple hours now. And I know we've all have the rest of our day to get to. Um, I, one of the things I ask people to do is send in their perspectives as OG fans who now appreciate or saw ending E and what they thought about ending E. Zach wrote in uh, and said, as someone th- so thoroughly obsessed with the original game as to put an entire tattoo on my forearm, uh, also I have a wedding ring with a black box design, I feel qualified to write in. Having known only the bittersweet ending D for about a decade, it was a wild experience to hear that ending E was added in version 122. It was originally included in Grimoire Near, uh, which again is the short story collection, uh, and I think also art book and some other stuff going on in there. Uh, but that just didn't hit the same. Getting to play as Kaine was an unbelievable surprise that, ca- that caused me to set my controller down to properly process. What a cliche, I know. The myriad additions such as the mermaid storyline or campfire scene were draw-dropping, but getting to see the protagonist properly return was surreal after uh, thinking his existence was erased 10 years uh, ago was, was, unth- was unfathomable. I can admit that I cried as I processed the emotions I was feeling. So yes, an OG fan will be pretty happy about the new content. To make my favorite game somehow even better is a treasure I hold dear. I can even happily eat a decade's worth of crow and admit the story works better with bro near. Thanks for reading the Zach. P.S. I attach an image of my tattoo now because I don't have to explain it to people as thoroughly. I'm going <laughs> to do a, a screenshot of this here and paste it because I put it in the Google Doc and that's a pain to get those out of there. But here you go. Let me just drop that in here. It is a picture of the I believe it's the Beast Lord sword, which yeah. is one of my favorite yeah. two-handers. It just looks sick. There's a cool like monster face on the top. It's like a it's like a tiger. I don't remember what it is. Um, and then like some cool flowers, like lunar tears growing up around it here. And at the bottom is is our grimoires, there's grimoire vice uh, open. Uh, and that's it's just sick. It's very good. Good tattoo, Zach. Um, uh, any responses to that, or should I keep, or should I read another one of these root, root e? route e uh emails i think you can go just keep on running yeah, through them yeah okay um another long time old a near old head here 
uh, replicant, my personal take on replicant version 122 bunch of numbers was that it greatly exceeded my expectations for version update slash remake slash remaster. It really feels like it plays to the strengths and gives the fans exactly what they'd want and more. All the new content manages to be immensely satisfying. Updated music sounds excellent. The Automata style combat is smoother and less janky to play. The real treat, though, is having everything voiced now. This is uh, going back and watching footage and seeing that not everything was voiced kind of blew me away. Likewise, this is Austin speaking, going forward to Automata and seeing and like playing Automata and being like, oh, wait, most of this isn't voiced. I'd completely forgotten that like uh-huh. side characters just aren't voiced. Right. Um, uh, going back now to Kevin's email, it's the reason why myself and so many other fans are absolutely infatuated with this game. It's the, the dynamic of this band of misfits traveling together and playing off of one another. To be able to reunite a voice cast from a decade ago and have it all sound like I remember, it's just it's just hard to put into words. Coming back to this after Automata does make me appreciate how, how Automata did its additional story routes. While the extra content for Route B and Replicant still does its job to make you feel like a terrible human being, uh, I'll note Patrick sent me a lot of messages to that effect <laughs> as he was playing through, just being like, this fucking statue guard is, didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> um, uh, uh, anyway, um, uh, while all the extra con- context in Route B for Replicants still does its job to make you feel like a terrible human being, I'd be lying if I'd said I'd say that parts weren't uh, parts of it weren't still tedious, especially since I was chopping at the bit to see the new ending while trying to dodge spoilers. I was very excited to learn from trailers that one of the stories, The Little Mermaid, from the Grimoire Near book was inserted into the game, and I had only read translations, and was pleased with how faithful it managed to stick to that text. I didn't expect that ending E would also draw from the same source initially, but found myself getting incredibly psyched when I started on this ending path, going back to the forest of myth with Kaine, having this familiar inkling of what was going on, and basically saying to myself, oh shit, are we actually doing this? Going back and revisiting the rough translation of the source text, it also feels largely faithful while making smart updates to some of the Automata's elements. Things like splitting the administrator into two characters to harken back to 2B and 9S, or trading what is, quote, the border between reality and the dream world for the digital aesthetic of Automata's copied city and digital setting, they are essentially retcons but conveyed as love letters to the fans. My favorite observations about ending E, uh, it's a deus ex arbor machina, god in the machine tree. Playing as Kaine is a treat, hearing her theme triumphant during the last fight made me tear up. It ends with Laura Bailey giving another impassioned and swear-laden tirade as Kaine, mirroring the U.S. Attract movie from 2010, the first thing I remember seeing or hearing after booting up the game for the first time. That's the thing that's changed. Patrick and Kato, did you know that about the 2010 game, is that when you booted it up, you it opened with Kaine fucking swearing up a storm? Um, oh, because that, that was happens. like the op- the opening movie is it still the opening movie not the though? opening no it's not I- if you leave it on let the okay. opening movie go through once then the next time right. it's just her swearing and stuff. it's just her so that used to be the, the first old- thing I believe. <laughs> that's very good which that's is beautiful that's amazing uh-huh. um other stuff here mentions of masa research and song by the administrators also tied back to drakengard the setup of a giant flower is the rebirth mechanism while this spells doom for some drakengard fans it's left ambiguous if it's really a harbinger of another apocalypse can't wait to learn how, how what happens in Drakengard. Um, and restoration of a save data is basically a subversion of a subversion. It feels wholly optimistic. Even on an entirely different gaming platform, 11 years later, having a character fight to get back your data, i.e. the protagonist just hits hard in a strange and beautiful way. So yeah, fantastic surprise for me all around and was glad this update got so much TLC. Made me start playing Automata again immediately after. Thanks for reading, Kevin from North Carolina. Uh, yeah, all that's good. I I... Again, the voice stuff as well. Also, this makes me remember, did any of y'all do the final greeting thing 
um, in the options. Yeah, it's, when tr- you were it's done. tremendous. Yeah. It's yes. so nice. It's so nice to just hear everybody. <laughs> um, maybe one more question, then we'll wrap it up. How's that? Sure. How's that sound? I'm not going to read. Just there's a lot. We got a lot of people with long theories that are like too long for me to read on a podcast. Please, maybe drop them on the forms. That feels like the right place. Yeah, for some of this stuff. Um, uh, to me anyway. Um, all right. Uh, I think I'll read. We've already kind of done the one about uh, the question about how important it is that uh, you know what maybe this is maybe this this actually works. Alex writes in and says, in a recent episode, you were discussing the near games and their links to games in the Drakengard universe. It seemed those on on the episode shared an interest in Yoko Taro working on the project that better establishes the links between these series and pondered what the experience was like for both long time and new fans. I'm someone who's liked, uh, who played through one ending of Near One and years later came to love Automata. Like Austin and Patrick, I, I too came too close to seriously considering playing the Drakengard games mm. to try to understand the full picture of the Yoko Taroverse, but usually just fall back on the YouTube summary videos for the games I probably wouldn't enjoy playing. Shout out to the YouTuber Klemps, apparently. Do I need While, to, but who, who, do I need to enjoy should, the experience or do I need to just have the experience? Those I, I are, need those to are have different the things, my those friend. Are different, yes, yeah. yes, 100%. Yeah. Austin and well, I are leaning towards one of those. I want to <laughs> play these games. It's going to have, Austin and I Waypoint 101 is coming like, back. <laughs> no, it'll probably be a stream. It'll probably be a stupid stream overnight of something. We'll figure yes. it out. Yeah, like, I, there's been yeah. like a couple of times where yeah. Austin and I have tried to do like late night horror and they're like, we load up one that's like, ah, oh, like this one is actually like deeply problematic. We probably shouldn't play we it shouldn't anymore. We shouldn't play this game, uh, and yeah. So let's at least, if we're going to play something that, you know, who knows? I don't know. Is Dragon Guard problematic? I don't know. But let's yes. Oh, yes, yes, it, it is. is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's extremely. Uh, uh, anyway, let's go on well, this problematic journey as a, as a family. Uh, as a group. As a, yeah, exactly. While I love, while I like discovering the connections between Yokotaro's games, I think I have a lot more interest in future games pursuing whatever topic the developers want uh, want to as opposed to a lore fill in the gap style game. I think part of the appeal of these connections is how tenuous and uncertain they are. And I think there's something, something to this largely fan led exercise. And I don't feel like I need the definitive creator answer to enjoy it. How valuable is the authorial approved storytelling to you? Are there stories or fandoms that you wish, uh, would prefer to have less definitive authorial answers? Uh, and I'm looking at you, Star Wars. Best for Alex, best Alex <laughs> K from DC. I do wish that last Star Wars movie hadn't come out. And if that was the case, then then we could just all imagine a different a different ending to that trilogy. Um, yeah, I it I feel like at this point I want this team to make whatever game they want to make more than I want. And we floated this before, like some sort of other game set during the ending of Drakengard that kind of leads to the Gestalt project. Stuff. I also just don't like. I love this world, but actually don't have an emotional attachment to the lore. I, I'm trying to entangle what I mean by this, but like I don't care if I learn that much more about right. This yeah, world. Makes total sense. I think it's endlessly fascinating. I think it's really interesting. But at the same time, if if like I woke up to, like you know this summer, if we found out like the next game that Yoko was working on is. You know, maybe there's a loose stuff. Like, if it just throws it all away and does things, I was like, I don't care. Like, if like it's a, that, if it's if it's only as connected to near as near as to Drakengard, which is like, sure, yeah, the it's same world, it's actually like, he's whatever. he goes mm. he goes like it's like instead it's like two years later, but instead he just keeps adding zeros, and it turns out it's two million years later, and it's like <laughs> who the fuck cares? Uh, I don't have like I I I, I guess. I have as much emotional connection to like learning more about this world as much as Yoko has in telling it um, is like the like the feeling I have. Like I can take it or leave it on learning more about 
like the particulars in so much. And also, I just think I care about the the characters more than I care about the the world. Like like yeah. flatly speaking, I don't I don't find myself reading the Wikipedia pages to learn more about the whys, unless it's related to like the why of an an meal or, or or you know what have you, as opposed to needing to know what the humans were up to, where white chlorination came. Yeah, from I just don't. I just yeah, I, that part I just don't. I don't care. But it, when it relates to the characters themselves, and I, I know that sounds like easy, but I don't think that's actually true of all fans. Some fans strictly do want to know mm-hmm. like the the A B C D E, and like I just. I was like, I care about the B if it like impacts the characters that I've grown to care about. And there are other yeah. worlds where that's not true. Like, I think we have different experiences with different fan, you know, your, your fandom related yeah. to a universe is different. And some of them you do want to, to know, um, like all that stuff. But in this particular yeah, go back one, to me saying actually in Star Wars, I would love to know the right. moment that Jedi do X, Y, you know, become <laughs> exactly. a de facto force, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I, I was that when I was like, you know, watching Lost. Like I, I right. next right. to the, my, one of my bathrooms is a Lost encyclopedia. Like that's a world that spoke to me where I wanted to know ever X, Y, and Z, even if that was bad for me and the world itself. <laughs> um, like I can recognize that. Um, but in this, in this particular universe, I, I'm mostly there for the characters and that's usually just about the, the, the story that's being told like in the story itself as opposed to its broader implications yeah. i think my thing is i want like dia has two hands and so <laughs> <laughs> like yes, I, you know if, if we want to like if you know if, like yoko taro has a habit of like just just doing what he feels with the lore and like the world building and it's just like okay sure like just throw shit in there i'm cool <laughs> no. with it like i i was there with like all the bullshit you know, in Evangelion, I'm here for all the bullshit in Nier and Automata. Like, let's do it. I, give me that anime crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, also, like, you know, if we could do something else, that's wonderful. You know, like, if it's 10,000, 20,000, 5 million. What was the what was the, the spread between, like, partisan and uh, 50,000 years yeah. between counter... Partisan would be another 5,000. So 55,000 yeah. years between counterweight and partisan. <laughs> you know, Don't ask why that one mech made it through those 55,000. Nanomachines. Nanomachines. Nanomachines did it. Yeah. Uh, go read... But like, also, go listen to the Game Study Study Buddies uh, episode on Mondo Nano. Uh, a, 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 a book that's, I guess, not technically nano... Or technically Game Studies, but it's, it's stuff about nanotechnology made me think of my own nanotechnology <laughs> bullshit <laughs> under a more critical light, I will say. But, anyway. like, you know... Um, if we get like a game that doesn't fill in gaps, I'm cool with that. But also, yeah. there is a part of me that wants like you know Yoko Taro to approach like Team Ninja and be like, "Hey y'all, let's make a game set in like you know 2002, right? Right? <laughs> and we do the, right we do the fall the- of Jericho, right? You know, exactly. And it's just like it's just sick character action game. And that's right? the thing about. The, the just briefly the quilt style of story like this is earlier I was talking shit about like the cataloging in, impulse the impulse of like I'm gonna fix I'm gonna figure out everything and find the truth about the way things interact that doesn't mean I don't like there being huge you know a huge network of 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 timelines and uh, a map of all the different connecting things I do like that because it produces the opportunity for new stories to emerge mm-hmm. inside of those spaces. Yeah. The thing I don't like is thinking that by revealing the diagram of the of the story, you will only then unlock the truth of it. That is the thing that right. I resist. And that's why, like, you know, uh, I want, like, you know, um, like, there, there are always parts of me that's like, what if we focus on, like, one of these weird short stories, you know, mm-hmm. in the item descriptions in Dark Souls? 
you know, right. and like that right. we just spun off and did a whole game with that or something like that. Or like, you know, like I said, like with the, you know, there is the whole humanity trying to fight Legion and the white mm-hmm. chlorination system uh, syndrome. And like, ultimately it's kind of just like Shin Megami Tensei happening, uh-huh. <laughs> which, but, I, which is what, you know, but I also like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, we could do something cool with that. We could find a whole new mix of genres yeah. and find a story within that. And that story, if it does not line up with near or like what, the timeline that we have established, fuck yeah, do mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Also, I'll note the painted world in Dark Souls is sort of exactly. Uh-huh. Like, let's build a, a game around an item description, and it rules the painter world of, of yeah. uh, R.E.M.S. Is, is one of the highlights. Anyway, yeah. Kato, you had something else here, too. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like uh, my my want here is not, is only only more lore that's connected if it's in service of re-exploring or, like, if it needs the context of the themes of the game. Like, the way that the context sure. of, like, the lore between the... Uh, uh, replicants and automata like kind of helps the reading of automata of like yeah. the context of those themes like that sort of filling in i think is fine is like what i'm actually interested in more than like the the like plot point lore filling in yeah uh so like yeah but also they've done enough of these games in this specific universe that i am kind of curious what taro would do outside of it Right, like right. Well, we're at the point where there are two Yokotaro, uh, Dragon Guard games and two Near games, two and a half, two and ending E of this uh, as new things, and so it's like, well, is next going to even be in this same universe, right. like sub universe of the larger universe, or, or who knows? We'll see. And we didn't even talk about Sino Alice, Sino Alice, Sino Alice, Sin of Alice. I don't know. Uh, oh, which also right. Obviously, and there's a near, and there's a near mobile game, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to play. I'm not <laughs> yeah. Gonna. I looked at like one gameplay <laughs> trailer that was like, nah, I'm like, <sighs> sorry, I, I can't <laughs> like send me the YouTube wrap up video and I'm good. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us on this near spoiler cast. Uh, Dia, thank you so much for coming through and dropping knowledge. Uh, always thank a you for having to, to have you on this podcast. Uh, I'm so glad I got to actually be on one with you finally. Right. Um, uh, as always, you can uh, follow us twitter.com slash waypoint. You can follow me twitter.com slash Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, how about you? At Patrick Clubbing. Cotto. At a underscore Cotto underscore appears. Dia, where can people find you, your work, anything you want to point people to in this moment? You can find me um, at Dia Lucina is probably... That's, that's where I'm there at. Go. Everything is there. Uh, everything is there. Go follow Dia, please. Dia is great. Uh, we'll be back later this week with another episode. Uh, shout out as always to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Um, and uh, 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 I think that's going to be to do it. That's going to do it. That's going to do it. Perfect timing. <laughs> as always, just started jackhammering outside of my Fuck capitalism. Go home. Please take care of your sick sister slash daughter, whichever she is in this But don't make universe. it your identity. But don't make it right. Exactly. But don't make it your identity so much that you become an object full of rage. Take note that the, the version of Nier who comes out of the flower in the end is pre-rage-filled uh, adult boy Nier and instead is, is you know, innocent, filled with love, boy boy Nier. Uh, because because you don't want to be the the one who's just like I want to kill these motherfuckers. No, you want to be the one who's like know. every time that within five minutes of meeting someone, you're my new friend. <laughs> exactly. I love. That's I do love that about him. Be. We didn't get to touch on it, but like I love Absolutely. that he just every time he runs into someone, it's just like you're my friend now. 
You're my friend now. I'll, we're gonna, I'm going to protect you now. It's going to happen. Um, all right. Uh, have a good one, everyone. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I learned a new technique. Here's a new technique. Okay. A new time dot is technique. I'll pick this up from the beast cast. Um, this is how the shit works, right? I bring time dot is to the beast cast, and they teach me a new thing. <laughs> I'm going to say two numbers. We're going to clap at both of them. That way, if someone fucks up with the first one, the second one gets caught. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll try oh, yeah. it out. Has this, been an, has this been an issue? Nice. Is this, are you like bringing it to the surface like a problem that we just haven't been talking about, and now you're addressing? I think that it's a it's a good it's just a, uh, you know a good backup okay. a good yeah, redundancy. I see how it is. Yeah, I'm gonna you know all right next time we're together I want to know who's the one who can't do it this who's the chronic it's probably can't, me can't it's probably me if it's anyway <laughs> anyway let's do let's do uh, 35 and then 38. Okay. All right. All right. Let me just get a I grab a Kleenex. I'll be right back. Okay. Fucking Jeff Bacalar over there doesn't have, uh, doesn't clap anymore. He has a button that puts a beep onto his <laughs> file when he hits the oh, button. Beep. Truly some, uh, some, <laughs> truly some Jeff Bacalar shit right there. Yeah. Kato, right. why are you dressed like a meal? Your uh, icon. <laughs> That's true. Oh, you do have, you do oh, have some. No. That that is just a, a, a burrito, I, an icon that I've been using forever of me wearing a trash wow. bag because I didn't have you know, an umbrella. I get a lot of meal <laughs> energy from Kato. I feel like that's that, and I mean that yeah. in the nicest possible way. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, see, there it is. <laughs> um, oh my, my game! A Kato under a underscore Kato underscore appears underscore in underscore my <laughs> underscore mouth. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> he looks uh, like a burrito. Wrap him up. Oh, burrito. Uh, oh, burrito. You may have missed what we were talking about, that he looked like a meal to us in this. Yeah, hey, I heard a meal. A meal. Oh. Why can't a burrito be a meal? No, a, <clears throat> a meal. God meal. Oh, a meal. A meal. Oh, a meal. Oh, please yeah. put this at oh the back end of the podcast. <laughs> Damn. Looking oh, like a meal. A lot of different God. interpretations God. might come out of that one. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> We were making those interpretations. Oh we were very confused and concerned. Like I, uh, I consider this to be a space where I could be open. Uh, about yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Good. Just okay. like near. Sure. Like you know? near. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is not a numbered episode, Kato, right? Uh, no. It'll be the near spoiler cast. I think you should number it. The you Introduce it with the, the numbers from the game. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> Uh, as far as you can get without just look I need you to <laughs> look at it once I, yeah. I need you to look at it once look away and then try and recite as many from memory as possible <laughs> okay
So it's fucked because I have to like do the rest of the intro. <laughs> I know that's where it's gonna because you're gonna be thinking about trying to remember the numbers while you're while, uh-huh. while you're doing Patrick. That. This is like a psych te- kind of evaluate test that they've banned. <laughs> uh-huh. See, this is this is this, you know we cut the stuff Fuck. from the podcast, but you don't understand the prep work this that goes the, into me is, yeah. punching up Austin before we get Whew, into a podcast. Get me ready to go. Okay.